Yeah, it's so good. He's like, so we send the piggy to market, and if he still won't tell us, we move on to the roast beef. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> if he still won't tell us, we move on to the roast beef piggy until that last one goes wee 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 all the way home. Am I right? <laughs> like, right? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 28-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact is, wait, did I say 28? I did, right? Did I read it properly? I'm 27 as we're recording this. But 28 is the age I will be when you hear it. Wow. So there you go. But it felt so natural. So I guess I'm already ready. Anyway. Wow. It's, it's, you're already there. You're ready to yeah. be 28. Our fun fact for this episode, since um, Locke brings Saeed iced tea, we're going to say what our favorite beverage is. Um, I drink a hard three beverages. And one of those beverages is iced tea. Oh, can tea. I guess? Oh. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, ahead, no, the other two, you can guess the other two. Iced tea, um, milk. Yep. And the last one, um, um, Diet Coke. Oh. Everyone drinks Diet Coke, right? I don't like pop. No, neither do I. Okay. Oh, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts for me. It hurts. Long distance high five. Yeah. All respect to the people who like pop or soda, but the carbonation, it hurts my throat. And then I'm constantly burping and the burps hurt my throat too. Oh, that's so sad. So it's just not worth it for me. I feel like it heals my throat. Oh, okay. Well, good for you. I'm glad you like it. I don't know. Um, And my last guess would be water. It is. I was like, does it count as a beverage if it's just water? Oh. Yeah, I drink water, iced tea, and milk. Phenomenal. I was like, well, she needs that to survive. Yeah, that's it. Those are the three beverages I drink. So those are my favorite beverages. Um, I would say that ultimately, if I had to pick a favorite, it'd be water. You know, just like I like vanilla ice cream. I just like water as a beverage. Okay, but honestly... Uh, anyway, who are you people? <laughs> I just have to say, as someone who worked in an ice cream shop, nothing mm-hmm. beats a well-made vanilla ice cream. Like nothing. You know what I think, Casey? I think that you do, like, if you want to appreciate the mixins, you gotta just have a vanilla. You do. Or else you're not appreciating the mixins. You do. You're just appreciating the other flavors and stuff, which, like, there's there's room for them. That's fine. But I just think if you really want, like, a quality ice cream, Mm -hmm. you can, like, you can tell by tasting their vanilla, you know? Yeah. I like to elect for a vanilla bean, if possible. Oh, Oh, love yeah. a vanilla bean. Not so mm-hmm, keen on mm-hmm. a French vanilla, gotta say. So fair. Um, anyway, <laughs> my name is Casey Wall. I'm a 26-year-old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and collecting plants. You can follow me on Twitter at CaseyWatchesTV or at LF Candle Co. where I make pop culture-inspired candles. And my drink of choice is a Negroni. Spagliato. <laughs> Get a Prosecco in it. No, honestly. The way that when this comes out, <laughs> it, that's going to be the oldest meme of all time. Like, God, these millennials on the internet, they just won't let this stuff die. Uh-huh. Um, No, honestly, never had one, and it sounds pretty disgusting, so I don't think I ever will have one. <laughs> My favorite beverage is probably coffee, iced, mm-hmm. and I don't know, since right now we're in, like, winter season, I love a peppermint white chocolate mocha. Mm-hmm. A peppermint mocha, it's just, it's too desserty for me. I like a sure. white chocolate mocha. I don't know. There's a difference. All right. But other than that, I just, I love coffee. Hot coffee in the morning, iced coffee, anytime after that. I love that for you. Good for Thank you. Thank you. And this episode, our guest is Alice! Hello. Yay! Hi, um, I am Alice. I'm a 30-year-old library assistant from England. I like books, baking, Babylon 5, and morally ambiguous middle-aged women in positions of political power. My favourite 
beverage is I'm a big cocktail person. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. not drinking cocktails all the time, but um, <laughs> my favorite cocktail is a white Russian, which is the thing that I always have the ingredients on hand for. So it's like Kahlua, ice, vanilla flavored vodka, and a little double cream if you want to make it. It's basically like a milkshake, but with alcohol in, which is kind of what I look for in a cocktail. So delicious. Respect. Respect. I love your bio. It just, it it encapsulates you perfectly as a person (laughs) of who I know you. It really does. How how I know you. So we had had Alice on only once before, and I believe you were on, it was the round table for season two? Season two? Yeah, it was, that was a long time ago now. Yeah. Can you um, remind everybody about your relationship to the show and some of your favorite characters and stuff? Okay, so um, I watched Lost when it first aired on TV, which was, so like it came out a year later in the UK, so it came out in 2005 with season one, so I was 13 years old, and I did watch it week by week, all the way through, um, from beginning to end, Um, and it was kind of the first show that I watched week by week like that, I think. Like, for me, it was the first show that I was in the fandom of a little bit because everything else I was watching as a little baby nerd was, like, Star Trek TNG, Babylon 5, The X-Files, like, stuff in the 90s that had long since finished, so you couldn't really talk about it with people. Um, But everyone was watching Lost at the time. It was, like, absolutely huge, huge show. Um, So it was really fun to kind of come into school and, like, talk to my friends about it and everyone was theorising about what would happen. Um, And I didn't actually rewatch it until kind of the pandemic to be honest I started a rewatch just before the pandemic hit like not that I I didn't time that deliberately I didn't know that was going to happen but um, (laughs) it kind of became my pandemic rewatch what did you know that we didn't know yeah I was like this is the perfect project for this Um, (laughs) but the library I was um, the library I work at got rid of the DVDs because we're getting rid of all of those Um, and I was like oh this is the perfect opportunity to just watch Lost for free again Um, and I actually think Mm -hmm. I liked it better on rewatch even i mean i was a big fan of it at the time so good during rewatch yeah it's a great show to rewatch like you kind of know what to expect i think on a rewatch and you can just mm-hmm. like enjoy the journey and the characters and so i, I was also live tweeting the whole thing on twitter which was super fun as well because it's kind of i love yeah it. it was fun to remember like what i remembered what i didn't and like i had a lot of the same opinions as i did when i was 13 <laughs> i will admit mm-hmm. so like the same the same characters I liked then, I like now. So like Hurley and Saeed, right from the start, uh, favourite characters. Um, Desmond, when he shows up, is immediately a fave. And I like, I really liked Juliet more um, with my rewatch, which I was interested in. I think I didn't like her as much as a kid. Maybe like a little, like a little internalised misogyny, maybe. I don't know. Completely. Yeah. And that was totally me with like Anna and Shannon. Yeah, like Anna too, right? Yeah. And Juliet. Like, it rewatch really sparks some self-reflection yeah you're like i don't remember why i didn't like this character on shows that you watched as a kid yeah i also think maybe on first watch i was like i had some opinions which were maybe proven wrong on anyway it's spoiler territory Mm -hmm. oh but my um absolute favorite character is danielle russo Mm -hmm. you're like our local (laughs) russo and saeed (laughs) shipper could you talk a little bit about that little milk stan Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, what's it like to have taste? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like anytime there's a character who gets almost no screen time, like that is that's inexplicably going to be my favorite character. <laughs> so relatable. I'm just going to be mad the entire time when they're not on screen. But no, I just um, I find her just such a such a fascinating character. I still think like even now she seems like a character that you don't see an awful lot on TV shows. She's like mm-hmm. a kind of she's a very like weird like wild card like half feral jungle weirdo who just kind of shows up and 
does whatever she wants. She's like, she's very much a John Murphy. I was realizing this the other day. Like, yeah, I love the characters that just kind of, you're never quite sure what their motivations are um, or what role they're going to play in the story. Just like anytime they show up, you're like, oh yes, okay, cool. Rousseau's here. Something is going to go mm-hmm. down. And how, where, where did you get to the point where you're like, this is a ship now and I need to ship it? I mean, like episode, the first episode Rousseau shows up in is yeah. the episode. <laughs> yes. So I think it's one of those things that I think if it was almost on principle like I feel like if the maybe if the ages were reversed or if she was like 10 years younger than him it would be a bigger mm. ship and maybe the mm. only reason it isn't is because that's not kind of how people tend to see things when like the woman is a little older than the man potentially but they have yeah. a very good meet you like you know he meets her in the jungle and he kind of like slowly gains her trust and she they have a meet where she's like she strapped him to a table yeah you know <laughs> yeah. yeah as you do as you do he, so he gets caught in one of her traps but then he fixes her music box which is very sweet and romantic she lets him go and then they have like a little bit of a bond for the rest of the show which the show kind of mm-hmm. never forgets which is nice there's little bit of that in this episode which I was very excited about it was like a couple of little lines yeah and I I really liked your point about how like if she had been younger then they it would maybe have been a more popular ship because like you're completely right that Danielle is not the type of character like Kate and like Shannon who are seen sort of as not like a sex symbol or even as like sexual beings but like she's not a a male gaze character yeah she's never portrayed that way which is like it just it's good in a way. I mean, I think she's yeah. sexy and cool, obviously, but she, I mean, it's good that she's not sort of necessarily like sexualized by the show in that way, but yeah. it is kind of, it is a little bit of a shame that she is not ever seen as potentially a romantic interest because they do have a lot of, right. um, they really bond in a couple of those episodes and they do have a lot in common about being kind of, kind of loners, kind of independent types who have been through a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of trauma and a very like doing their own thing, but also do really kind of care about other people deep down. Like the people they care about, they really go to bat for. I don't know. I just think, I think they'd make a cute couple. Yeah. And there's so much potential there for like, I mean, he does it already a little bit, but like her like softening up to him and like trusting Mm -hmm. somebody for the first time in 16 years, like there was so much, there was potential there. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both cool. You know, they can both, they're both cool with torturing people, I feel, which is, yeah. You know, they're things you can bond over. Just a couple things, yeah. So <laughs> um, if anybody wants to follow you, Alice, where can they follow you? Right. Um, I am on Twitter at star in the title, um, where I mostly just occasionally live blog stuff and post pictures of my cat. That's pretty much the only place. I'm not really anywhere else on social media. I've got a Tumblr, but I'm, I'm not telling anyone what that is. Yeah, <laughs> that one's a secret. Yeah, you can pry my secret Twilight side Tumblr out of my cold dead hands. Yeah, <laughs> respect. <laughs> Today we have words to say about episode 403 of Lost, The Economist. The Economist. So mm-hmm. obviously Elsa's boss in the flash forwards is The Economist, the guy. But also I think that Saeed doing a little trade uh, this episode sort of makes him The Economist in the island storyline. Oh, sure. And I think that's, sure. I think that's fair um the broadcast date was february 14th 2008 so happy valentine's day we get to watch saeed mack on another blonde love it and she also dies yeah who also dies i have have rules about that yeah (laughs) who also dies by being shot in the abdomen (laughs) yeah (laughs) woof 
It was written by Eddie and Adam, so Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. Um, and you know what? There are some bangers this uh, this episode for um, for some goofy lines, and I shout out Adam and Eddie for that one. Um, and it was directed by Jack Bender. A fun fact that I grabbed off of Lostpedia about this one is that if Pilot Part 1 and Pilot Part 2 are considered to be a single episode, then this is the first time the third episode of a season has not been Locke-centric. So episode 4 of season 1 uh, was the first Locke episode, but if we consider the pilot, Pilot's part one and two as one then that was the third episode and then the third episode of season two was a, a lock episode and then the third episode of season three was a lock episode oh so sure. this is the first time that the third episode hasn't been a lock episode although wow still making moves in this episode. a pretty lock heavy episode right like yeah yes that's true he is definitely around <laughs> there's a version of this episode i can see being from Locke's perspective potentially yes oh 100 yeah i agree cool so i have the island storylines together again this time i know for a fact that they will <laughs> diverge in a yellow wood very soon but until then we're just gonna do them together that sounds great everyone's chilling at the helicopter but they won't leave until they rescue charlotte saeed makes a deal that if he brings back charlotte safely lapidus will take him back to the boat the crew realizes that they need desmond's opinion so juliet goes to walk back to the beach and bring him back miles demands to go with saeed and to his surprise saeed says yeah that's fine and actually great back with Locke's group they get to where the cabin should be but it's not there hurley is upset at the fact that they're keeping charlotte as a hostage and Locke disputes it back at the helicopter jack tells kate that he thinks that she should go with Saeed and Miles as backup. As they leave, Frank asks Jack about Saeed and he tells him about his torturer past. Saeed asks Miles about Naomi as they walk. Dan does a little science experiment and calls Regina on the boat. She sends a rocket toward him, but it doesn't get there, even though on her end it says it did. Dan is worried. Saeed's group get to the barracks. They search out the place and find that Hurley's been tied up and left in a closet. Hurley explains what happened and meets Miles, who is just as mean as season one Sawyer. He says, maybe check Ben's house? Jack asks Frank about baseball. The rocket finally shows up and there's a discrepancy of 31 minutes. Des and Juliet get back. The crew gets into Ben's house. Saeed finds a bunch of foreign money and fake passports. Kate finds Sawyer. Locke finds Saeed. It was a trap. They lock Saeed in the billiards room with Ben. Kate and Sawyer discuss what's even worth going back to off the island. He wants to stay here with her. Locke brings in iced tea for Saeed and he asks for Charlotte. Locke also tells Saeed that Ben has a spy on the boat. He won't give Charlotte for free. At the helicopter, Des interrogates Frank and Dan about Penny. He demands to have a spot on the helicopter and they say, uh, okay. Saeed brings back Charlotte, tells Jack that Kate decided to stay, and tells Frank that he traded Charlotte for Miles. Frank thinks that was shifty, but Miles is annoying, so whatever. He asks Charlotte if she wants to come with because there's one more spot. She says no, and Dan declines too. Saeed says they should bring back Naomi's body. Dan reminds Frank to stay on the bearing, and they fly away. And that's the island storyline. Woohoo! So Saeed is meditating next to the helicopter, praying, I believe, like potentially, but we've also seen him praying in this show before and it looked slightly different, so I'm not 100% sure. Um, we have Jack and Juliet walking by and most of this conversation happens in the background of what Saeed is doing, but it did have like transcripts of what they were saying on Lostpedia. So Jack basically said, did Ben ever talk about knowing anybody off the island? And Juliet says, no. Miles is like, do you know where he is or not? Jack asks what he wants with him, which I thought was kind of cute. It seemed like Jack was sort of like being protective of Ben a little bit. And Miles is like, I would like to know his whereabouts, please. So Saeed goes over to Naomi. Uh, Miles says, literally all they told me was that his name is Benjamin Linus and gave me this picture from the DMV. Like that's all I have. I made up that it's from the DMV. It's just such a goofy picture. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. He was really mad about it last episode considering right. he doesn't actually have any idea who Ben is. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, uh, they want me to find him. They're giving me an insane amount of money. So I don't really ask that many questions. I'm just trying to do it so that they will give me the money. Honestly? Valid. So Jack's like, okay, well, 
He's with Locke. Saeed goes over and closes Naomi's eyes and puts the blanket over her. He, for some reason, seems to have a, like, important, not bond, but, like, it seems to be her. She's important to him for some reason. Yeah. It's like he feels strangely connected to her or something. Yeah. Like, he never met her before she, like, showed up. Like, he wasn't there with Desmond and Hurley and Charlie and Jin when they, like, found her and stuff. But he was the first person that they brought in after that, you know? So it's just interesting how, like, something that happens to Naomi and, like, even, like, the bracelet that we're about to talk about, like, comes back in the flashback and is meaningful to him then as well. So it's, like, it's just interesting how, like, connected he feels to Naomi. Yeah. I was gonna say something stupid, which is like, oh, it's because it reminds him of Elsa. Nope, that hasn't happened yet, Casey. No, that is in the future. <laughs> no, but that's fully how my brain worked, <laughs> right. too. Because like, we're so oh. used to flashbacks. Exactly. I think it's, yeah. maybe he's just, like, a nice person. Who's, it's mm-hmm. it's nice to see him kind of just doing the respectful thing when everyone else is very wrapped up yeah. in their own... I mean, understandably so, but everyone else is so wrapped up in kind of either getting Ben or getting off the island. He's like, well, it's, I mean, here is a person who just died, basically, in, like, a really horrible, tragic way, who probably didn't deserve to so it's, yeah it's nice to see him give her a little moment yeah and they like left her eyes open and everything yeah like come on like yeah, really yeah. they didn't even cover up her face that is pretty bad exactly yeah. he's probably just thinking like "Ooh, these people are not accustomed to death in the way i am yeah. it's like yeah no kidding it's weird like he is definitely the character i would say most accustomed to like death and like brutal violence but mm-hmm. he also just never lost like his humanity which I think is just kind of like, it overall speaks to his character, you know? Yeah, it's like he yeah. feels the weight of it. It's also possible he was maybe taking the opportunity to deliberately just kind of see if there are any clues on her body as to who she was. Because he does take the bracelet. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's... Uh... That's true. He does not miss a beat. Yeah. That's fair too. I think I have a note about this later during the flash forwards where like there was this theory that the bracelet that he takes off Naomi he like gave to Elsa and then he was like taking it back after she died or whatever but I guess like Damon and Carlton or something I mean I'll get I'll find the note once we get there but um had said like no they were two separate Mm. bracelets it would be very weird to give someone else an engraved bracelet that you took off a dead woman. No kidding. He'd be like, she'd be like, who's... That you took off a dead woman's body. N and who's RG? Yeah. So Jack tells Miles that Charlotte is with Locke too. And we actually know where they're going because he told us right before we split off. Haha. Miles says that he knows that Locke killed Naomi. And so he wants his gun back so that he can like protect himself against Locke, basically. Saeed looks at Naomi's wrist, finds the silver bracelet. It says, N, I will always be with you, RG. And I can say this because it's not a spoiler. We actually never learn who RG is. This is just sort of a touchstone for Saeed to remember this later for the rest of like this episode. Uh, But yeah, we never learn who RG is. And there's not even really that many theories on um, on Lostpedia about it. The only person that we know who has the letter R as a first initial um, from the freighter is Regina, who we talked to on the phone. But there's no indication that she would be the person who gave Naomi this bracelet. So Ruth Ginsburg. <laughs> okay, great. Wild card guess. Yeah. You know what? Head cannon accepted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Richard Gere. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Miles is like, you guys are all supposed to be dead, but I'm not asking you everything. So like, listen, we both have a problem with Locke. So why don't we all just go in there? Kate says, well, they have weapons, so we can't just go in there. And Miles is like, we have weapons too, you idiot. Like, let's go. Saeed says no. He asks if the helicopter will fly. And Frank is like, yeah, that's kind of her thing. That's what she does. On Lostpedia, it said, Saeed inquires of Frank if the helicopter will fly. But in the previous episode, uh, Saeed answered absolutely when Jack asked Saeed if the hol- a helicopter still worked. 
So Saeed's like, I said it did, but I need confirmation also. Who knows? So Saeed wants to go to the ship. Frank says that he's used up a lot of fuel already, so he can't take a lot of weight. He'll only take three people. And Miles is like, well, you can't just leave. Like, Charlotte is a hostage right now. So Saeed asks if he can bring Charlotte back safely, if he can go to the ship. And Frank says, yes, he makes the deal. And that's what we're doing for the rest of the episode. Woohoo! So Saeed is sort of looking at papers in a backpack and we see a little group meeting between Kate, Jack, and Juliet. They show that, like, Naomi had this picture of Desmond and Penny, and Saeed's saying, like, she was looking for Desmond. Maybe Desmond can help us figure out what they're doing here. And Jack is like, how long to get packed to the beach and back? Juliet says a couple hours, and she's gonna go do it. And Kate sort of seems a little bit upset that he asked Juliet to do it and not her, if I was interpreting her facial expressions properly. What do you guys think? I would agree. Yeah. There's some... There's some weird... It is a little weird because it's it's not a... Jade stuff. It's not a super, like, important... I mean, if anything, you wouldn't really want to be walking through the jungle by yourself, I would have thought. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like an errand if it's not that important. Yeah. Right. And it turns out that he has, like, a more important thing, thing for her to do anyway. So, yeah. yeah. So Jack goes to ask Said what the plan is, and Said's like, well, you're actually not a part of it, so are you gonna- are you gonna be okay with that, or do you need to be, uh, you need to be involved? So, Said's gonna make Locke let Charlotte go with no problems. Jack's like, oh yeah, and I would cause problems. Oh my god. Oh, bark, bark. So, someone is opening the door. Speaking of causing problems. <laughs> well, there is somebody at the door. Hold on. Oh no. Oh my god, Robin's just died. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> This would be a caught, caught live. Just a grim final chapter. Yeah, we're actually switching over to um, true crime yeah. as our podcast style. This is our official announcement. This whole thing has just been a, a lead up to one of those like sort of story based true crime. Yeah, yeah. What will happen next? Mm, tune in next week to find out the case of Robin E. Jeffrey. We're both very far away, so I feel like there's really nothing we can do, right? Mm, we can't. We can't do much. Yeah. I don't really know anyone in Red Deer. Oh, wash my hands of this gotta like summon a a moose or something (laughs) is that a canadian power do you can you all do that i mean probably yeah have you ever tried um no well i myself am not canadian i'm only canadian by heart oh so it doesn't Um, count yeah uh, yeah so it doesn't work for me because i i don't think the power is strong enough with me i can summon well i could summon the queen but i mean i can't do that anymore so Mm. that's kind of a shame all i can summon now is Uh, king charles and that's not gonna help any situation and and a nice cuppa a nice cup of tea i can always summon a cup of tea yeah oh (laughs) boom i can't really summon anything except capital oh you're alive (laughs) i am alive it was just my aunt she's back for the holidays now like she's back for the rest of the next couple weeks so oh nice nice we were talking about and i was like hey i'm just recording my podcast she was like uh you told me that you were recording a podcast yesterday and i forgot and i'm sorry and i was like it's okay that's great we were talking about how we're switching over to true crime yeah we were thinking Um, of pivoting to solving your murder you know just if the situation came up i love that yeah you know what i'm not editing that out i'm interested (laughs) i think everyone's interested it was quite Um, fast you guys i'm alive and everything's fine um and actually i we've dated ourselves because um i said that it's the holidays so that is how long ago we recorded this podcast oh yikes i do apologize you didn't say which holidays could be any holiday yeah (laughs) that's true that's true didn't specify arbor day so Jack is like, oh, yeah, because I'm going to cause problems. Saeed's like, I'm going to do this with no problems. And Jack's like, oh, yeah, because I'm the problem guy. And Saeed's like, kind of. Um, yeah. You- <laughs> A little bit. You're kind of the problem guy. Like, you last time you saw him, you tried to murder him. So, like, mm, 
you know and jack's like well you know what damn that's a good point but i'm still mad about it i do love this this whole episode is saeed like you know coming up with and executing a brilliant flawless plan as usual but one of my favorite yeah. things is the fact that he pretty much says to jack's face that like yeah your your plans are bad and you always ruin everything yeah <laughs> like, right. he's not wrong but it's like the show is not usually so self-aware as <laughs> to have someone actually <laughs> like this. yeah right and and neither is Jack. Jack's usually Jack would be like, "What?" But in this episode, Jack is just like, "That's fair." He's pretty chill. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. right. You are a better protagonist than me. And then Saeed goes another on another A team mission to go onto the freighter, and Jack's like, "Good luck." Like it's <laughs> respect to Jack. Good, yeah. good Jack episode. It's I like guess a little taste of what the show would be all the time if Jack just let Saeed do things instead. Yeah, exactly. Everything goes pretty smoothly. God, I want to watch that show. Mm-hmm. And so Saeed's like, yeah, you're like not really good at diplomacy. Sorry about that. Um, you also have a really bad bad side manner, as discussed recently, <laughs> just uh, all the time. Dragon. <laughs> Jack roast. Yeah. So Miles is like, well, you're not going without me. And Saeed's like, correct. <laughs> and so like knowing what his plan is, this is very funny. But Miles is like, oh, well, good then. Thanks. And Saeed's like, is there any other way that I can help you? And Miles is like, yes, I want my gun back. And Saeed's like, no. Uh, no, we're not doing that, so... Okay, we're leaving in ten minutes. Let's go. It's great. It's delightful. So how are we going to do this? You're not the best candidate for this kind of mission. And what kind of mission is that? I'm going to make Locke release Charlotte, and I'm going to do it without any bloodshed. As opposed to the way I'd do it. The last time you encountered him, you put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger. That's not good diplomacy. Hey! Giraffe! You think you're going after Charlotte without me? Of course not. Oh. Well, good. Is there anything else? Yeah, give me my gun back. We leave in ten minutes. We're gonna switch over to Lock and Co. Sawyer obviously wants the name of Ben's double agent on the boat, and he calls him Gizmo, which is a reference to Gremlins. Gizmo is one of the main characters in the films Gremlins and Gremlins 2, the new batch. And he has like these really big eyes, I guess. Um, and so that's why he's calling him that. Is he's making fun of his eyes. <laughs> I didn't know it was because of his eyes. That's funny. Yeah. It's also funny that Danielle's like walking Ben on his little leash. Just Ben's always on a little leash. Yeah, it's like a mom walking her toddler on a leash. Uh-huh. She deserves it, honestly. She's been put through so much by that man. Yeah, she deserves yeah. this power move. She could maybe... I think d- if Juliet was here... Built him in the face a few more times. <laughs> if Juliet was here, she would deserve to walk him on his little leash, too. 100%. So Locke is like, he is not going to tell you that. Uh, the only reason we're keeping him alive is because he has that information, so he's not going to give it in- be giving it up. Sawyer says, well, why don't we threaten to shoot off his toe? And send that piggy to market. (laughs) Who comes up with this absolute gold? How does anyone take this man seriously? I'm sorry, this is so creative. (laughs) This is so creative. I can't remember if I said this last episode, but I'm just so impressed at how these writers continue to be able to write each character with their own distinct voice, you know? I just feel like sometimes I know people struggle with that where like you're the only person writing a whole bunch of different characters and they all basically talk the same. But like each of these characters just has such a distinct voice and they're being written by like one or two people an episode, you know? And I'm just, I'm always impressed. Yeah, just just for a minute, close your eyes. Imagine Mm -hmm. Jack saying that line. (laughs) Right. Or like 
early. Like, no, you know? Ugh. It's just like, I just thought, like, this is exactly what Sawyer would say. It's going to be hard to make people... It's so... Cr- I thought it was so good. Funny in, like, distinctive ways, is right? Like, everyone gets kind of the occasional wisecrack, but, like, Sawyer is very specifically making Sawyer jokes, and, like, Curly yes. is making Curly jokes. Yeah, it's so good. He's like, so we send the piggy to market, and if you still won't move on, we move on to... Or, like, and if you still won't tell us, we move on to the roast babe. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you still won't tell us, we move on to the roast beef piggy until that last one goes wee 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 all the way home. Am I right? <laughs> like, right? <laughs> and so then Locke is like, well, we're not going to do that because then we would have to carry him. And you know what? That's a damn good point. <laughs> so valid. Way too much work. I feel like you could have done fingers, like, for real. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fingers would be smarter. You had options. I, I'm just so impressed. I think, like, and it's so good because it's, like, a funny moment. And then Locke just brings it so quickly back down to earth. It's really good writing. I like this scene a lot. It's it's so funny. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. funny. It's great having a, a new dynamic with Locke as the kind of de facto leader of that group now. So it's like, he's a very mm-hmm. different leadership style. But he is having exactly the same problems with, like, herding cats that Jack always used to have right. as well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Locke is like, oh man, I kind of get why Jack was the way he was now. Yeah. This job is hard. <laughs> Just keeping Sawyer on task at any given day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Hurley's like, hey, so it feels like whoever is the leader is kind of a jerk, you know? Like, maybe it's mm-hmm. the job and not the person. I have a new perspective. <laughs> So Locke is concerned because he finds the ash and it's like, it's not even that he like went the wrong direction at some point. Like he, like the ash is here. Like the, the cabin is just gone. Claire wants to stop because she needs to feed the baby. Locke is confused and Hurley's like, maybe we got turned around. And Locke is like, no, he like is really upset about this. So Sawyer's like, what's so special about this? And Ben says he wants someone to tell him what to do next. And I'm Oof. just like, damn, hey, Locke, is it weird to be so deeply seen by your, <laughs> your enemy? Like, that was, uh, mm. I mean, uh, uh, I mean. Ben is the worst. He's got the worst combination of, like, sarcastic comment people with his new, like, burgeoning group that he is trying so hard to establish. You've got, like, Sawyer yeah. and Ben in the same place. Locke is like this sucks and it's like the way that he uh reacts too is that you can tell that that is 100% the truth that is exactly what someone would say Mm -hmm. to make him insecure and upset like Ben especially just knows exactly where to hit Locke where it hurts and it's Mm -hmm. so good he always has it's what makes them it's (laughs) yes it's what makes their dynamic so good like Locke does the same thing to Ben when you know sometimes the positions are reversed and like Locke has been Locke has been Ben's prisoner but now like in this position ben knows that the only thing he has at his disposal is his like jabbing reading of Locke and his insecurities mm-hmm. and he's gonna use him yeah. and it's it's still really effective it's really effective for sure he manages to be incredibly and like Locke gives him like yeah Locke gives him like the dirtiest look of all time and then tries to like play it off and everyone's like okay man like we saw how you reacted though and he's like oh well guess I was wrong whatever I guess we'll just keep moving on to the barracks I'll figure it out so then turns around and starts crying yeah exactly like like Will in uh, season four (laughs) literally (laughs) 
He has like big um, in the car, like uh, substitute teacher energy in this episode. I think it's like he's mm-hmm. come in and taken control of like the most difficult class possible, and he's like desperately trying to retain some semblance of being in charge and being on top of events. And he's just got like the worst possible kids have ended up in his class. <laughs> like Jack's over yes. there with you know like Saeed, you know, <laughs> like Rose and Bernard. You know? It's like he's supervising the tension. Uh huh. Right for sure. And as someone who recently started working at a middle school, I cannot tell you how <laughs> accurate that is i i was at work yesterday and there was a substitute in one of our classes and it was terrible every single time there's a substitute i'm like you guys are so disrespectful yeah. it's horrible i'm just like why are you like this like as soon as the kids smell weakness you know and like i walk into the class and half of them are in the wrong spots for the seating plan <laughs> and then they all look at me like don't say anything and i'm like i'm a, i'm a staff member <laughs> Here, I'm not your bud. You go sit in your spot. You go sit in your spot. You go sit in your spot. Anyway. I would love to see you at your job one day. I love it. I love that for you. I really do. I wonder what it's like to have a job you love. Yeah. I also love my job. Sorry. I hope that one day you find it, Casey. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so Rousseau um, points out that Jack's team knows that we're going to the barracks. So Charlotte's team knows. And that's a really great point because um, that literally just happened where Jack told them where they were. Charlotte doesn't say anything. Uh, Sawyer points out that Charlotte was wearing a vest so they'll be ready with weapons. And Hurley's like, why don't we just like let her go? Like, weren't we all just going over there to hide? Like now we're sort of like making actual tactical decisions you know and like that's not really what i signed up for charlotte points out that he that she's gonna be a a hostage and she calls hurley love which i thought was really cute it was so cute (laughs) even though it was like sort of patronizing i still thought it was kind of (laughs) sweet like in that moment especially she's already clogged him as well (laughs) yeah and hurley's upset about learning that they're literally keeping someone hostage and he's like if we let it let her go they'll take it as a sign of good faith and of course faith being one of the main themes of this show i think it's so interesting that Locke shutting down faith is really interesting like he's like they're gonna think that we're stupid if we show them good faith like he he doesn't want to have faith in those people and he's like the man of faith so i just think that was interesting right when it doesn't serve his interests he's like "Mm, don't talk to me about faith please yeah yeah, that is sensitive subject. Just kind of a weird man of science, man of faith reversal, at least at this point, mm-hmm. where like Jack is the one who is really holding on to the faith in these people to yeah. get them off the island, get them rescued, and Locke's the one who's like, okay, but based on the actual evidence of what we have found out so yeah. far, they are here for nefarious purposes. And even, yeah, even Jack like putting his faith in Said and Kate as well, even mm-hmm. rather yeah. than debating on the fact that he should go Mm. yeah Locke is kind of working on like blind faith at this point Mm -hmm. just like yeah completely disregarding like everything in front of him to serve his own mission meanwhile he doesn't actually have anything to like support that you know Mm-hmm. And like now he's willing to hurt people for it. And he's also like not taking the opinions of like the other people in the group seriously either. Like he's like, mm. like Hurley's like, well, can we find like some sort of compromise? And Locke is like, no, I make the decisions. Like, is that going to be a problem? And it's like, if we like none of us elected you as the leader, my guy, like, right. don't you want to like hear from your constituents so you can make the proper decision also? <laughs> right. Like, that's where faith comes from. At all? Or no? Yeah. It comes from listening to the people around you and stuff. And Mm -hmm. Locke, at this point, is just like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. If her team is with Jack's group, they know we're going to the barracks. Yeah. 
And Red here was wearing a vest, which means her posse's gonna come expecting themselves a gunfight. If all they want is her, maybe we should just let her go. I mean, I thought we were just gonna go hide. Why do we need to take prisoners? We're keeping her because she's gonna be valuable. How is she gonna be valuable? It means there's a hostage, love. Uh-huh. No, that's not what I signed up for. What did you sign up for, Hugo? Look, I'm just saying, I think we, if we let her go, they'll look at it as a sign of good faith. They'll look at it as an act of foolishness, which is what it would be. We're just trying to come up with some kind of compromise. We're beyond we compromise. And right now, Hugo, I'm making the decision. Is that going to be a problem for you? So back at the helicopter, Saeed is getting ready to go and Kate's talking to Jack. And this is kind of a cute little moment where she's like, ooh, Jack, doesn't it suck being told to stay behind? Well, that's my life. And Jack's like, oh, well, if it's your life, I guess I should just wait 20 minutes and follow and ruin everything. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't say and ruin everything, but that's what she does. And it's, it's like, it's a funny joke from Jack. It's a reference to the hunting party in particular, which is an episode in season two where um, they are going off to try and find the others. And then Kate follows and gets taken hostage by the others. And that's how they lose almost all of their guns in season two. And so that's what he's referencing in particular. And I just think that's so funny. Yeah. A joke from Jack? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. A good one. Jack. Not terrible. This episode? Shout out. I feel like we should have a new segment where it's just like, how much do we like Jack this episode? <laughs> Jack is bearable. <laughs> I know. On a scale of one to ten. Especially in the later seasons where like it really mm-hmm. starts shifting. Okay, you guys, should we do this? <laughs> uh, I kind of think so. He, he's become okay. a lot more self-aware already i feel like i mean a hundred times more likable than he was yeah i'm fully gonna go add that to the the the, what what do i call them segments right now i mean we need some way to like defend our patreon lost bracket yeah decision i will have put that up in january um so if you guys want to go back and check it out me and casey did a march madness style bracket on who was the best lost character and spoilers skip forward (laughs) if you don't want to hear but we named jack the best character and i it was physically painful still feel morally gray about it that is i mean he is a he's a good character yeah he's not always a likable character it was physically painful i think it was mostly the it was the it was the character development that we that we awarded him for mostly yeah and i'm still not sure what happened i don't i'm not sure either i don't know how you got to him as the it was a fever dream best character i think a trance came over me (laughs) i i really can't explain it i can't explain it i don't remember what i said but i'm probably wrong i take it all back except for the stuff about juliet I stand by that. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, I added it into our segments. It's happening. New segment. Mm. Exciting. Woo, woo, woo. So yes, funny joke from Jack. Shout out. So then they smile at each other and you're like, oh my gosh, even though Jack is like sort of with Juliet right now, like Jade is clearly not over. So all the Jates, don't worry, you guys. There's lots of fantastic love triangle content from all angles this episode. So Jack wants her to go with Saeed and Miles. And now it's like, okay, well, that's why he asked Juliet to go to the beach and not you. So don't be sad, Kate, because look, he gave you a little nice thing. Kate wonders if Jack doesn't trust Saeed. And Jack's like, oh, no, I would be an idiot to not trust Saeed. I don't trust Locke. Uh, fair point. So Kate says, what if he does to me what he did to Naomi? And Jack says that Sawyer wouldn't let him. Oh, oh Oh, boy. The crumbs are delicious. Yum, yum, yum. Listen, there are so many skate crumbs this episode. I said thank you. I just like, I want you guys 
please can you allow us to enjoy the crumbs while they still exist? Like they they are slowly petering off, and so I just appreciate every single one of them. Yeah, I'm savoring it like like uh, something you savor. I don't know. Oh, thought I I can't think of a metaphor right now. No, you're good. It's a simile, and also that would that would have that that also would have been a simile. Simile. That would have been a simile. Um, I just had to say that because yeah. I am learning yeah. about that in... God, embarrassing. I have an English degree. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm just... I'm learning about that. Cut it out. Cut it out. In in <laughs> grade seven language arts right now. Don't let the people know. All I the never time. said that. That's embarrassing. Okay. Um, so, Kate... Reputation ruined forever. <laughs> Kate goes over to Saeed and is like, can I come? And Miles is pissed that she gets a gun and he doesn't. Saeed reminds Kate that it's like a last resort. And she's like, yeah, but did we tell Locke that? And Saeed's like, I have no way of talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I could text him, I would. So they head out. Frank asks Jack about Saeed. And Jack says that he's from Iraq. And Frank goes, oh, well, he seems like so lovely and enjoyable and mild-mannered. Was he a diplomat? And Jack's like, no, he was a torturer. And of course, it's like that moment where it's like, whoops. But also Frank is like, hmm, that's a bit of a stereotype. Oh like, <laughs> that kind of feels like a little hit. I wish my favorite line award. Hit the nail on the head. I wish my favorite line award could just be Laputus's face after Jack says, <laughs> he's like, no, torture. Okay, don't get on that guy's bad side. Props to Jack for just. Oh my God, that was so funny. It's a little weird for him to ask, like, where's he from anyway? Honestly, <laughs> like, that's kind of a, like, yeah. oh, boy, that's a very, like, early 2000s question my dude that's, that's right really not a thing that, like i don't know he's it's none of your business where he's from he's just because he's like not white is that what you asked yeah right 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 yeah. yes that's totally fair but i do like that jack's just like yeah he's a torturer he's a nice guy you know <laughs> frank's yeah. like okay well great guy lots of good memories uh he was a torturer <laughs> later when um saeed's like hey i sort of tricked you and saeed or uh like hey i brought back charlotte and frank's like you kind of tricked me and saeed's like mm, a little and frank is like i'm not gonna argue with this because i'm terrified of you <laughs> so we're good so as they walk saeed is looking at naomi's bracelet and saeed asks miles if he was close to naomi and he's like uh nope i met her on the boat so he's like well that's weird because you don't seem like sad at all and he's like no nope. <laughs> I'm for sure upset because she was hot and she had a really good accent. <laughs> Alice, your thoughts on the accent? I mean, I just it doesn't sound like an accent to me. She just sounds like the only person without an accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for Charlotte. It's weird that two of the group were British. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any real significance to that other than just like they immediately killed off one of them. So they were like, oh, we'll have one of the other people also have that accent. Yeah. Right. And then the other one, and they were both women and the other one was taken hostage yeah. immediately. I mean, Mars is right. Right, she was hot. That's just my yeah. beginning and end of my right. thoughts on. I also don't have any real strong attachment to Naomi. She was in like one episode. Of- right. My favorite part about this, honestly, is Kate afterwards going nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's funny. It's a cute moment. So Miles is like, "What I do care about is Locke. So how did he split you guys up?" Said says, "Well, the sides are like if you guys are coming to save us or kill us." And Miles is like, which side are you on? And Saeed's like, I don't know yet. I do. I love that in this episode, you're like, okay, so Saeed, at least there is one person who is like, okay, I maybe don't actually have enough information to Mm -hmm. 100% throw my weight behind my personal opinion of who these people are and what they're here for. Like, I get the impression he isn't really convinced either way by Jack or Locke. Yeah. He just kind of went with the group that seemed more stable and would 
give him access to more information going forward potentially and i think that's why he's going to the freighter too right like it's not just a yeah. kind of like i selfishly want to get off the island myself like he genuinely i think does want to personally check out the situation and see what's happening there i wonder mm-hmm. what it's like to be the only person in the group with a brain cell right now yeah <laughs> it's gonna be exhausting right like <laughs> and saeed also knows that it would like not be the proper thing to be like i'm switzerland and then like go off on his own as well he's just like i have to choose a side yeah And I also think it's so brave and, like, confident of him to be like, I'm not sure if you're trying to kill us, but I am going to go where all of you guys are and I'll be surrounded by your people. Yeah, he's, like, giving them the benefit of the doubt, right? He's not going to be, like, Locke, rocking up with a knife and throwing it into someone's back based on a gut feeling. Yeah. But he's also not going to be... Rocking up. (laughs) No, just, like, trusting everything they say, just completely based on absolutely nothing. Sorry, my faith is just telling me to stab you right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a wild thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, that's what's happening. Because Tula, Tula Ghost Vault told you to. <laughs> <laughs> right. So back at the helicopter, Dan does a little science experiment. God bless him. Um, and Oh my god, this whole scene is so freaking cute. He's so cute. So Jack asks Frank about Dan, and Frank's like, bro, I don't even know. Like, the stuff he says either goes way over my head or goes way, way over my head. So, like, I got nothing, dude. He is so real for that. So Dan comes over and he goes, um, Frank, uh, hi, um, can I, um, you, can I use the phone, please? So sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> the manners. Oh, I love him. I love this. And he almost runs into a little branch. Like, oh, he's so awkward. I love him so much. It's so cute. And I just, I love him and Lapidus's relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the way he's just like, I don't know what you're doing, but all right, guy, you have a good time. Well, he's like his dad, too. He's like a little boy asking for permission. <laughs> literally asking for permission. Yeah. Like he literally goes like, what do you want with it? He's like, can I, I'd like to call Regina on the boat. Like since, like, since we're waiting, we're not doing anything. Like, could I please do an experiment? And he, like, <laughs> and then he's, <laughs> and I, I'm glad that I was already able to bring up my job at the at the middle school because I was going to bring it up here. That like it literally reminds me of the middle schoolers oh I work with. God, they'll like come over and they'll be like, "Can I have this?" And then you have to be like, "For what?" And they have to explain it, and you have to decide if you want to give it to them or not. Yeah, but like once you get like the general picture, like, "Oh, I would like this to do this," but then they keep going on about like why and how they're gonna do mm-hmm. it and stuff like that, and then it's just like, okay. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Go, go off. Go off. Have your fun. They're always just like, can I go to the bathroom? And you have to be like, are you going to the bathroom because you have to go to the bathroom? Or are you going to the bathroom because you are avoiding doing your work and instead you're going to go on a walk? And you have to be the one to decide (laughs) what they're doing. Anyway. But so he gives him the phone and he says that he should hang up if it's Minkowski. And I thought that was kind of interesting because Miles wanted to talk to Minkowski and now we don't want to talk to Minkowski? Yeah, hmm. is it just, does just Frank specifically not want to talk to Minkowski? This was like... Well, does he not want Dan to talk to him? Yeah, this was weird. I don't actually know the answer to this part because like we, like Minkowski is the guy on the phone. Like that's his job. Like it's his, he's communication. Like that's his job on the boat. And so Miles wanted to talk to Minkowski and then Minkowski was like unavailable. So that's why Regina is doing it. But now it's like, we specifically don't want to talk to Minkowski, like hang up if it's Minkowski. So yeah, I'm just confused about that. I don't know what they know that we don't know because there's information coming in later episodes, but I don't know how they would know that information. 
I don't know. Anyway. It kind of seems like he, he doesn't yeah. want Daniel specifically to speak to Minkowski because he thinks he's going to say something stupid. <laughs> okay, that, that's probably it. Right. And it's like, right. <laughs> just doesn't want to have uh, Dan embarrassed by talking to Minkowski. <laughs> it's just like, don't embarrass me in front of Minkowski. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's well, like, let's say that. It kind of like he's, he's let him do his little experiment, but like he doesn't want Minkowski to know that they're just kind of futzing around on the island having fun. Right. Yeah, right. Because Minkowski seems like such a hard ass when we meet him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, kind of like, don't tell your dad I let you do this energy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So on Lastpedia, it said, Daniel asks for Frank's phone, which he gives to Daniel so he can contact the Kahana, which is the name of the freighter. However, in the previous episode, Frank's phone had been damaged when he landed on the island, but Dan had a phone. So I just assume that this is Dan's phone that he gave to Frank, and then now he needs permission to use his own phone <laughs> sure. again. I just love him. I love him. So... Dan gets to talk to Regina, he puts her on speaker, and, like, that's that's another thing that I think is weird, because Dan has talked to Minkowski before. Like, remember when he was, like, walking around with, with Jack and Kate, and Minkowski was like, am I on speaker? And Dan had yeah. to, like, walk away. I think that was in 401, so, like, he's talked to Minkowski before. Anyway, so he puts Regina on speaker, and she says she has his signal, she fires the payload, Jack seems worried frank says it's fine he does this weird shit all the time um and regina counts down but the payload didn't come like it didn't get to him even though it said that it was supposed to have hmm. and dan's worried about that on lastpedia it was pointed out that the equipment that he uses to create a beacon is actually just a swan nighthawk wireless outdoor camera so i love the idea that someone was watching this and was like wait that's just that's just a camera <laughs> my night vision camera yeah <laughs> I do like that it's Swan, though. I feel like that. I mean, they didn't do that on purpose, but I like it. Or did they? I remember watching this for the first time. I th this is like a very specific memory for some reason that mm -hmm. I fully expected the payload to come back later in the episode, but like hit somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, I was, oh, <laughs> I was convinced that was going to be one of those things that, like, at some kind of tense armed standoff, like suddenly it. You know, oh, like it appears yeah. and just like hits someone in the back. <laughs> someone just gets bonked. It's like a missile, yeah. And there's going to be a huge explosion, which does not happen, but. I feel like that payoff, though, does happen uh, near the beginning of season five mm. to someone else with something else. Something else. But yeah. yeah. Saeed, Kate, and Miles get to the barracks. Um, we see like laundry still on the line from like the others when they were here, and there's like furniture knocked over. It's all in disarray. But it hasn't been that long since they left, I don't think. Like maybe a week or two two maybe miles notices the swing set and he's like what is their daycare or something and i was like actually there are zero children here like a hard no one uses those and i'm not really sure why they haven't like gotten rid of them or used them else for some or like for something else i don't know but they are creepy and so maybe they that's why they want to keep them who knows just the atmosphere these rusted uh swing set that nobody ever uses <laughs> ben's there like making sure it's really creaky so that every time the wind yeah. blows it's like ominously welcoming people to their empty camp He's like, Tom Friendly, stop taking the rust off of those. <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason. They're on purpose. So they're not sure if Locke's crew have gotten there yet. Then they hear some banging and some muffled yelling. They get in and the house is in chaos. Um, they hear shouting from the door and it's tied shut. And Hurley has been trapped inside and left there. Um, Kate asks what happened. He says, they left me. And this would be so sad if we didn't know that he was a double agent. <laughs> He's also yeah. not a very good actor. Like, not... not Obviously, really I see it, but like Hurley specifically, he's really like, if you watch it, it's pretty obvious he's lying. Right. And it's like, he's a terrible I, liar. I think 
I think that Jorge toes that line really, really well. You know, like, I feel like when you're watching it for the first time, you're just like, oh, no, like, poor Hurley. And then, like, the next time you watch it, it's so obvious that he's lying. Yeah, he's like, he's not making eye contact with any of them. He is right over every word. Fully. But you're like, you know, when you're watching it for the first time, you're like, oh, he's upset. Oh, he's scared. And that's why he's not looking at anybody. But then you're like, oh, no, he's lying a lot. (laughs) Yeah. A lot. But I think that before even this reveal that Hurley is a double agent, in this moment, there is something to be said that you might be able to figure it out ahead of time. Because in the same way that Jack said that Sawyer would never let them hurt Kate or let her Locke hurt Kate, there's no way that Sawyer would have let her Locke do this to Hurley. That's so true. I think. So yeah. that's my opinion. That's fair. At the point they're at now. It does mm-hmm. show a lot of a lot of trust in Hurley on Locke's part that he yeah. trusted him to do this and play the part and not give any of it away considering that they were kind of just arguing in the last scene yeah well i wonder if Locke like thinks that hurley would be maybe the only one that would be believable Hmm. or something i don't know i got no idea but yeah shout out shout out to hurley for Locke's agenda so hurley said the Locke's gone nuts uh took charlotte hostage and walt told him to kill naomi and (laughs) said like uh walt what and hurley's like dude i know (laughs) That, but that's what he said. But I just wanted to give like another idea, like maybe get him to chill. And Miles is like, oh my God, shut up. Where are they? And he's like, uh, you're new here. So don't talk to me like that. Like Hurley's like, who are you? Miles calls him Tubby and doesn't answer the question. And then Hurley's like, oh, great. Another Sawyer. <laughs> I love that line. Perfect. I love that line too. It's so good. Yeah. Just the deadpan delivery. So then Saeed's like, where did they go nicely? Let me ask you nicely, where did they go? And Hurley's like, sorry, like I was being tied up. So like they didn't necessarily say that they were going somewhere. Like, sorry. But Locke says that all the freighter people are here to save Charlotte and then kill us. So like, are you trying to kill us? And Miles, who's literally just trying to scare Hurley, is like, not yet. Spooky, spooky. And Hurley's like, I hate this guy. I don't like him. I love Miles. All of the others are so nice. Like, you're like Frank and Daniel. Yeah. And like, Charlotte seems quite friendly as well. And Miles is just such a dick for no reason. It's so good because, like, you gotta have levels. If you're bringing in a whole a group of new characters, you gotta have levels. Mm-hmm. I love it. So Saeed's like, did anything they do suggest about where they were going? Kate, like, brings Hurley some water, which is really nice and Hurley's like maybe Ben's house and then they were gonna leave like maybe they locked up Ben too like I I don't know um and Miles is like "Ooh, that would be great because I would like to steal Ben away and get a bunch of money so let's go over there back at the helicopter Jack is talking to Frank and he's like hey just a question did the Red Sox actually win the series and Frank is like bro I come to this deserted island and I'm still tortured with this He's like, don't freaking get me started on that. Jack has been sitting on that question for a full month and still doesn't believe it, which I think is really funny, too. He's like, Ben was definitely pranking me about that, for sure. But it's cute. Like, Frank is pissed because he loves uh, he loves the Yankees. Um, and Jack talks about how he's, like, weirded out that he's, it's been so long since he's seen a game. And I bet he's, like, really excited to get back to that. And I like that Jack's a baseball guy, just like me. But I also love this moment because it's just sort of like a moment of, like, levity and normalcy kind of and i like that jack is sort of bonding with frank too it's like nice it's another nice jack moment there's a lot of really good just yeah. like jack being a likable personable person in this episode i i think it's so funny that he's like talking to frank like a friend and you know they're like being buddy buddy and then there's dan in the background like chewing on his nails about like the <laughs> the time discrepancy mm-hmm. of you know like he's like freaking out about yeah having a complete scientific yeah. crisis 
Right. He's like, um, my, the world might be ending. I don't know. And Jack's like, what about the Red Sox? Amen. <laughs> Amen. So Dan finally gets the payload. Um, luckily, it just goes into the ground and not someone's chest. <laughs> no, it very, very nearly hit the helicopter, which is the other thing that could very easily happen. Right. That would be really bad. And Frank like doesn't care. Jack is like surprised. And Dan is like so excited. So he takes it apart. And it's like just a little rocket, basically. There's a little timer inside, and the time is off by 31 minutes. And he's like, this is extremely bad. Which, you know, he knows things about time that I don't know, so sure. good for him. I mean, I feel like time not working the same way in two places is just kind of automatically extremely bad. I'm no physicist, right? but I feel like that's a bad sign in general. It's like the, the rules of physics have warped wherever you are. Right, and it like it really twists my mind the fact that Regina like got on her thing that it worked. Like in that moment while he was talking to her and then it took like it just it, yeah yeah the fact that their conversation can take place at the same time is very right. very weird yeah so i don't know i mean i can't explain it i don't know things about that but that kind of twists my mind a little on lastpedia it said that the numbers 16 and 23 appear on the little digital clock that he's holding and so in the 24 hour format um because it's like 3 16 23 it would it, in 24 hours it would be 15 16 23 and then if you keep it as three. Casey, you want to get out your little calculator? Oh, geez. Okay, math. Okay, what am I doing? I love doing this stuff. Okay, 16 plus 23. 16 plus 23. Plus three, which is the hour that, or like the like minute number. Plus is. three. Equal? Yep. <gasps> 42! <laughs> wow! I keep expecting to hear the little sound and I'm like, oh, you don't do that in real time. That's not a thing that you yeah. do. <laughs> I was on a plane. Sorry, this is a tangent, but I was I was no, on a please. plane the other day listening to an episode of this podcast, and the thing finally happened. Where, like, hey, thanks for listening, man. I thought there was a fun fact, and it was just the plane putting on the seatbelts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal, you know. I was like, that's yeah. the that's the dream. <laughs> So on Lastpedia, there were a couple of uh, these are a couple of references that are made in this um in this scene. So the first one is Castaway. Uh, the main character in Castaway is stranded on an island. It's Tom Hanks uh, in the South Pacific. Um, after a plane crash, he places a clock in a payload to see how long it takes to arrive at a specific specified destination. So this payload thing is a reference to Castaway. Um, and then we're also um, referencing Back to the Future. It says the scene when Daniel holds the two digital clocks side by side is reminiscent of the first film in Back to the Future um, trilogy when Doc Brown performs his experiment with his dog Einstein the dog is sent to the future and one minute one minute later doc is seen on screen comparing side by side a stopwatch that time traveled and one that stayed put so we are referencing Castaway and Back to the Future in this scene. Also very reminiscent of... And then Juliet and Desmond show up and Desmond's pumped. The pilot of the X-Files also has a very similar scene with two watches when they lose nine minutes. Just gonna throw that oh, in perfect. there. Little X-Files reference. Hell yeah. So they get into Ben's house um, and they're basically trying to just find something that will tell us like where they're going because that's where they're gonna go next because obviously we don't have Charlotte yet. So, you know, Ben's bed still has the bars on it. He can't find anything in the closet. This closet, of course, being the closet that Locke held Alex hostage in a couple or like last season. And I was like, this closet is completely empty. Like this guy fully packed everything he owned and made everyone else carry it. <laughs> I'm still stuck on this from the end of last season where he just like, he brought so many things and made other people carry it. Yeah. So then Saeed notices that the bookcase swings out to make it a secret door. 
Because he can see the scratches on the floor. Genius. He's so smart. Nothing gets by him. That seems like a real floor and a secret door. Yeah. You guys know where he checked? Every nook and cranny. <laughs> Every nook and cranny, John. <laughs> I'm glad we were all there. Perfect. <laughs> this is some like escape room stuff that he's going through. But basically there's like racks of clothes back there, suitcases and a desk inside. So obviously Ben didn't bring all of his stuff, just all of his stuff is clear to everybody else. Um, there's foreign currency, lots of passports, and then there was some information about this on Lostpedia. So among Ben's foreign banknotes is an original Series E 20 pound note issued by the Bank of England withdrawn in 2001. The design incorporates the face of Michael Faraday. Wow. Mm. On it. Um, it also says the green Brazilian passport found in Ben's drawer has three mistakes on it. An authentic Brazilian passport would read Brazil. Oh boy, I'm so sorry to anybody from Brazil. Brazil Passaporte and Republica rather than the English Brazil Passport and Republica um, that are seen in the episode. Similar mistakes were made on Paolo's passport in Expose. Wow. Um, so we see passports from New Zealand and Switzerland and uh, it's a fake for Ben and the name that he uses is Dean Moriarty. <laughs> that is the most suspicious name you could possibly choose. <laughs> the most suspicious name of all time. So this is a reference to two different things. Um, the one that I like immediately got, and I'm sure all of you guys immediately got was Sherlock Holmes, because Moriarty is the surname of like Sherlock Holmes's arch nemesis, James Moriarty, who is often considered literature's first supervillain. And also Andrew Scott plays him so beautifully. He's my favorite character on Sherlock, even though he's evil. Um, and then it's also a reference to On the Road. So it is a novel by Jack Kerouac. And Dean Moriarty is the name of a central character in the novel. He also wrote a book called Dharma Bums. <laughs> Dharma. And... Moriarty in Kerouac's novel is based on Neil Cassidy, who is also depicted in The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by Tom Wolfe, often repeatedly tossing a sledgehammer up in the air and catching it. Hmm. So that's fun. That's fun. But most importantly for me, Dean Moriarty is the name of one of Alex's boyfriends on Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh my God. Which is where I learned the name Dean Moriarty from first. And when I watched Lost for the first time, I was like, isn't that the name of one of Alex Russo's <laughs> boyfriends? And I'm just saying the main character in Wizards of Waverly Place is named Alex Russo. Well, her name is Alex Russo and Ben's daughter is Alex Russo. I <laughs> what does it mean? don't know how to react to this. <laughs> I feel like you've got a giant board behind you, Robin, with like strings. <laughs> you do. Really I've been thinking about this for 10 years. Like Alex Russo on Wizards of Waverly Place, R-U-S-S-O, and Alex Russo... French R O U S S E A U. When did Wizards really play? When did, when did Wizards come out? Probably after this. I always feel like Alex Russo's name is a reference to Alex Russo, Which, and then Dean Moriarty. Oh. Like I'm just saying, there's far too many coincidences. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know how to react to this. Okay, is it possible that? Oh no, I guess Danielle did call Alex. I was thinking Wizards of Waverly Place started in 2007. <laughs> I was just thinking, is it possible that Ben named Alex Alex Rousseau after the character from Wizards of Waverly Place? <laughs> right, right, right. You'd think, but alas. But no, no. I, I feel like actually she was called Alex anyway, right? Like Danielle called her that. Yes. I'm like, what was the first episode that Dean, Dean, like when you search Dean Moriarty, one of the first things that comes up is 
Dean Moriarty Wizards of Waverly Place. What? I'm not kidding. When was his first, his first, why does it give me on the Wizards of Waverly Place Wikipedia? Why does it give me his last episode, but not his first episode? I want to know when he first showed up and when he was first <laughs> named. Like, and when you go on to Dean Moriarty's, like, page on Wizards of Waverly Place Wiki, one of the, on the show Lost, Benjamin Linus's <laughs> fake name is Dean Moriarty. Like, it's on here. Anyway, I'm still thinking about it. Thank you. Okay, so it says on his, <laughs> it says on his passport that his birthday, which we know is not true because we know when his birthday is, it says that his birthday is March 3rd, 1962, which would make his zodiac sign, anyone? Not a Pisces. No, a Pisces. A Pisces. Which he is. The Pisces thing, uh, the thing about Ben being a Pisces, that happens later. Oh, what? Like that line, that famous line where he says, I'm a Pisces. Oh, we haven't heard that yet? We haven't heard the line yet. It's not that much of a spoiler. It's just a line where he says, I'm a Pisces. And it's funny because he's not a Pisces. <laughs> he is not. Yeah. And like, why would you lie about that? Like, he just lies to lie, you know? <laughs> Wait, what, you, what is he? What is he? Um, I think he... Uh, good question. In my mind, he's like Voldemort. And I know that Voldemort is a Capricorn. What? <laughs> this is such specific knowledge to have. Yeah, Ben Linus. If he's a Capricorn, I'm going to lose my mind. Hold on. His birthday is 19 December. Okay, does that make him a... I think that makes him a Sagittarius by one day. Wow. Like a Sagittarius uh, Capricorn. Um, I knew it was in December, though. 19 December Zodiac. Oh my gosh. At the time of recording this, his birthday is two days away. Oh, it's almost his birthday. Yeah, he's a Sagittarius. Wow. Celebrate by killing everyone you know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So March 3rd, uh, 1962, that's the year my dad was born. So shout out. Um, And that would make him a Pisces, but he's actually a Sagittarius. And this would actually, since this is 2004, and on the show, it's like December. So it's it's almost his birthday. Anyway, this would make the identity that he assumes 42 years of age, 1962 to 2004. Crazy. So Kate is looking under the bed and Sawyer enters. On Lostpedia, it said, the scene where Kate sees Sawyer's shoes walk through the door from under the bed mirrors Sawyer's backstory in season one, where a young Sawyer sees his father's shoes from under the bed before his parents' death. Ouch. Woof. She has like a gun to him, but he's not scared. He tells her to be quiet because he's protecting her. The crumbs are beautiful. But then Kate yells anyway, and Locke has a gun on Saeed. Um, Danielle has Miles. It turns out that Hurley was in on it, and it was a trap. Saeed's, like, disappointed in Hurley, and Hurley's like, I'm really sorry, and I wish you were mad at me, because you being mad at me is less bad than you being disappointed (laughs) in me. If Saeed was disappointed in me, I would wither away and die. (laughs) Hurley just wants to be friends with everyone. Yeah, and it turns out that he wasn't actually left behind, just like Juliet wasn't in her episode of Left Behind. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Um, neither of them are actually left behind. Also, I will take my crumbs with Rousseau saying, yep. sorry, Saeed, nothing personal. Love that for me. Oh. That's my OTP. It right was good. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly perfect. So w- while they're walking through the barracks, and then Saeed and Kate are captured moments after arriving at the barracks, just like they were in The Man from Tallahassee. So they really have a bad, uh, a bad uh, reputation or record you know on like walking into the barracks and immediately getting captured yeah so Hurley says that Locke is busy talking to the angry Chinese guy listen it's consistent with Hurley but I don't like it like he's always mentioning people's races but like we don't have to and it's always the Asian characters too. yeah it's not good like it's like that angry guy would so suffice because I know exactly who that is yeah you know yeah there's one guy that you're with yeah. That you don't know the name of. 
Or save yeah. other Sawyer, you know? Right, exactly. And, like, th- we came here with three people, and two of them are in front of you. Or, like, <laughs> I can't remember if Kate is there or not. No, yeah. she's not. She's with Sawyer. Never mind. But, but like, you know Kate's name, you know? <laughs> it's not, you don't have to refer to Right, exactly. But it's, like, that guy or Kate. Like, I don't. Anyway. Yeah. So that's a little complaint that I have because it's consistent. Hurley has been doing that since season one, but I don't like it. Yeah. So Saeed promises that he would never hurt Hurley, but Hurley's like, yeah, but I saw you kill that guy with your feet in the season three finale. So... No, excuse me. His words were, I saw you snap that guy's (laughs) neck with that break dancing thing you do with your legs. (laughs) Hurley's so valid all the time. Oh my god. So, so um, Danielle locks Saeed in the billiards room with Ben, who's tied to a chair. Um, and Ben's like, oh, we're running out of jail cells. And they're like, we put everybody in here because you used to put prisoners in here. And we assumed that this maybe was safe, a safe place to put prisoners. Saeed's like annoyed because now he has to like talk to Ben, I guess. <laughs> ben is pissed because he made a bet that Saeed wouldn't fall for the Hurley as bait thing. Um, and he calls Hurley his friend. And so Saeed says, what do you know about friendship? Which is a really good line. And Ben says, I know there's no reason to have friends that you can't trust. Oop. And you're like, youch. Okay. Not incorrect. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for the most incredible scene. So Kate <gasps> is looking out the window. God. And she's like, what am I, your prisoner? And Saeed's like, <laughs> Saeed. And Sawyer's like, ooh, are you into that? And she doesn't say anything. So then he like feels bad that he made a joke. <laughs> Especially it was like inappropriate. He's like, sorry, never mind. Now was not the time. But here's what I love about this scene in particular. I love a lot of things about this scene. But there's this like unspoken detail that you only notice if you're paying attention, which is the fact that Kate has a gun. Sawyer does not have a gun. True. He doesn't have one. And she doesn't do anything. She doesn't threaten him. She doesn't like use it to get out because he knows that she wouldn't shoot him. Fully. Full. It's beautiful. (laughs) I just think like that detail of the fact that she has the gun and he doesn't and she's the one who's the prisoner and she doesn't try and get out is like really telling. Oh, that's so true. So Kate says, why are you with Locke? And I love Josh's line delivery in this of this line where he's like, I'm not with him. She's like, yeah, you are. And he's like, okay, well, so you're with Jack? And she's like, yeah, because I believe he can get us off this island. Sawyer says, okay, well, I mean, that's the reason why I'm with Locke then is because I'm not trying to leave because there's nothing back there for me. And she's like, well, what's here? And he's like, I don't, like, why do you even want to go back? You're just going to be, like, arrested again? Like, here we have houses and amenities. Okay, such a good point. What are you doing here with Locke? with him yeah you are james and what are you doing with jack i went with jack because i believe he can get us off this island i guess that's the difference between us i ain't looking to leave why not because i ain't got nothing back there for me And what's here that's so much better? Why do you want to go back, Kate? Seems to recall you'll be shuttled off to jail before we landed here. So if you think there's anything waiting for you back home other than handcuffs, then you really don't know how the world works. I think I meant to bring this up, like, last episode or that episode before. Mm -hmm. When did Kate suddenly want to get off the island? Am I missing something? Yeah, Sawyer's totally right in this scene, right? I don't think you're missing anything. Yeah. Like, her entire personality in season one is, I, no one can ever find, like, find us. 
I can never go back. I, now she wants. Well, she wanted to go. She wanted to go back, but she like was um like destroying Joanna's passport to like try and get away and stuff. Right. But this was before like she had the opportunity to just kind of like stay and like Sawyer's like. Listen, you know I killed a man. They're going to figure that out eventually. And then I'm going to jail. You're 10 steps ahead of me. You're definitely going to jail. Like, what's even the point? At least here we're like free. Yeah. Do you think yeah. it is that just her running away instinct that like they've gotten too close. So now the only place she can run to is just off the island. Oh my God. God. That's a good point. Yeah, she just needs to get away all the time. She's like, once there's a place for her to go, she wants to go there. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. So she's like, but how long can we play house? And he says, let's find out. You guys, oh. I'm sorry. This shit is romantic. I'm so Like, I'm not even sorry. Yeah. They got me a little bit with that one. I'll, I will admit. <laughs> even if you don't ship it, you have to admit that that is a romantic ass line. Why don't we find out? That's a adorable and they should have just started macking on each other right then and there yeah oh my god if they had kissed i would have lost my mind that was the perfect moment for a kiss come on kate put the gun down throw it aside but i mean it's unsaid but she decides to stay so like in my head canon they did she was like because that's when the scene ends all right let's find out so um on lostpedia it pointed out what for some reason what playing house is if anyone was looking at this and didn't know what playing house was it says playing house is a game in which children pretend to be a family (laughs) with at least a husband and a wife often children and pets it is a common childhood activity i i'm so sorry just putting that there to the aliens reading (laughs) (laughs) the fact that she does actually choose to stay though is like really beautiful to me and it also said when kate asks sawyer why he wants to stay on the island he says there's nothing waiting for him out there kate had asked him why he wanted to leave in born to run to which he answered there ain't anything on this island worth staying for wow so it's just cool how that switched playing house is a common childhood activity I'm so sorry if there's anyone out there who grew up not playing house. I know, it was fun. I used to like to play school, but I wanted to be the teacher and I wanted to grade the math, but then I could never get my sister to like do math so that I could grade it. And it was really frustrating for me. (laughs) That's so specific. That's so cute that you used to play school and now you work in a school. (laughs) I know, I work in a school and now we're like doing long division and I'm like, I love long division. I used to go on road trips and then I would ask my mom to make long division questions for me so I could do long division in the back while we were doing the road trip and now i'm doing long division again and teaching long division it's the best i love this for you i love everything (laughs) about this for you i love long division (laughs) this is incredible i could not do long division to save my life there was a point at school in my life where someone definitely taught me how to do that and i could do it and now i cannot do that anymore the thing is that i completely forgot how to do long division i just knew that i loved it and now that i've gotten this like refresher i'm like oh yeah this shit's fun love math i support you can't relate but i love it for you thanks <laughs> can't couldn't be me <laughs> so danielle opens the door for Locke, um and he's bringing in iced tea for saeed and ben's obviously you know pissed off about that uh on last pd it was pointed out that Locke brings saeed and ben iced tea you know what that's gen that's generous i don't think Locke is bringing ben the iced tea but it said uh mikhail brought saeed and kate iced tea so there's a little iced tea thing going on mm. i thought it was so funny ben her like Locke is like oh saeed i thought you might be thirsty and ben's like i'm thirsty <laughs> And Locke just gives him, like, the dirtiest look. Like, this guy's not getting any iced tea. So Locke says, 
hey, like, sorry for all this, but I wasn't sure how many of you there would be, um, and I just wanted to be ready. This is almost my favourite line of the episode, that one who looks like, I'm sorry about all the theatrics, but, like, this is the, yeah. the most dishonest thing anyone on this show has ever said. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Sorry about all the theatrics. Look, you have never in your life been sorry about all the theatrics. Yeah, this, yeah. You live for this. So Saeed says, where are Miles and Kate? She says, Kate's with Sawyer. Miles is fine. I just went and asked him some questions. And Saeed's like, yeah, and he probably didn't answer them. And Locke's like, no, he didn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's classic him. So then Saeed is like, any luck with Charlotte? And he's like, no. Okay, give her to me. Why? Well, these people are liars and they're not here to rescue us. So Saeed clearly has made up his mind or is like lying to Locke to try and get Locke, like be on Locke's side so that Locke will do what he wants him to do. But they'll take me to the ship if I return with Charlotte and then we'll know who they are and what they want. So Locke says, well, actually, that's fine because Ben has a spy on the boat, so that's not necessary. Um, Saeed wants to know who and Ben's like, it's a secret. I'm not telling anybody. So Saeed says, okay, I'm sorry. I will never trust this man. So like, sorry if I don't believe that. I will have sold my soul before I trust him. And it's like, oh, buddy, bad news about the flash forward, bro. (laughs) Bad news, man. So he's like, neither of us will stop this war once it starts. So like, let me do my thing to try and stop it. And Locke's like, do you think I would just give her to you for nothing? And he's like, oh, sorry, no, (laughs) it's not for nothing. Don't worry about it. I know that it's like, I just like don't love them using Charlotte as a bargaining chip. Like, I know that she's a hostage. And I have said that it last episode that it bothers me that the one woman on this team, other than Naomi, who's already been murdered, is immediately taken as a hostage and like take gets her agency taken away. I just don't really love and I can't remember if this is the actual wording that they use of like how much it's just like give her to me. They keep saying give her. Oh, am I going to give her to you for nothing and all the stuff? And I'm just like, she OK, she's a person. Yeah. You know, it's um, to be clear, pretty ugly. Not great. Mm-hmm. So on uh, in the Last uh, scene on the island storyline, we see Dan still working on the equipment. Um, Desmond has the, the picture that Naomi had of he and Penny. And he's like, I keep asking, why did she have this picture of me? And <laughs> Frank just looks at him and goes, I so deeply do not know. <laughs> I so don't know, man. Like, I literally talked to this girl, like, maybe twice. Frank spends this whole episode just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know it's anything like- about what's going on. I'm so sorry, but I have no clue. And I need you to stop yelling in my face. He's like, she was higher up than me and I didn't really talk to her. Like, I I don't know. I'm just the helicopter driver, man. Like, that's it. I do one thing. I fly the helicopter. So he's like, she told me that you were hired by Penny. You pinky promised me right now that you haven't heard of Penny. And, you know, Dan and Frank are kind of like a little shady about that. And it's like, yeah, I've heard of Penny. She's like an heiress, you know? Yeah, I've heard of her, but clearly she's n- it's not her boat, you know? Mm-hmm. So Desmond's like, fine, don't tell me, but I'm going on the helicopter. And it's like, okay. All right, then. Frank's like, sure, whatever. So Saeed is back and he brought Charlotte. Um, and Dan is so happy to see her. I love Dan and Charlotte. It's cute. It, it, it feels like very one-sided, but it's cute. Like, Dan's got this puppy love thing going on, and I think it's really sweet. Yeah. It's not creepy. He's just, um, he's a little obvious about it. No, it's not creepy at all. It's awesome. He's got yeah. a crush. It's cute. So Jack asks where Kate is, and Saeed says that she decided to stay. And Jack's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was not my goal with sending her there with you. And Jack just, like, has, like, a confused look on his face. And I'm like, bud, you sent her away with the other member of her love triangle. That's what you wanted? Okay. 
Should have put some more thought into that. <laughs> so Frank's like, hey, where's Miles? And Saeed's like, oh, I traded him for Charlotte. So here you go. You wanted Charlotte, right? Here you go. And Saeed puts his hand on, sh- on Charlotte's shoulder and she like shrugs him off. But then Dan puts his hand on her shoulder and she doesn't. Ooh. Which I thought was sweet. So Frank's like, hey, that was uh, not the deal. And Saeed's like, mm, we didn't say I couldn't do that. So fair point. And Frank's like, well, I'm scared of you. And also that guy was annoying. So whatever. Dan asks if Charlotte is okay, which is cute. Um, Frank asks if Charlotte wants to come on the helicopter because they still have one more spot. She says she's having too much fun here. And then he asks Dan and Dan's like, oh, I'm just going to um stay with Charlotte. <laughs> it's so sweet. So Dan reminds Frank to just stay on the bearing they came in no matter what, which is important for the rest of the season. Jack gives Saeed a rifle, tells him to be careful. Um, Jack says that he trusts Saeed to figure this out. And Jack is okay with not going, um, which is good guy Jack. And also him talking about trust. Trust is like such a faith word to me. Um, so yeah, like we were talking about Locke and Jack are very flipped of the man of science, man of faith thing this episode, which is why he's so likable. Yeah. And Jack actually being like, mm, I'm okay not going on this mission, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's development. Slade has proven he can handle himself and do a good job. And he is letting him go and do that again. This is growth for I Jack. Just, yeah. I find that, like, the characters who are being man of faith are almost always, like, extremely likable. And, like, even characters who are being man of science are likable, except not Jack. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jack is only likable when he's being man of faith. It's true. Oh, so then Jack tells Saeed to send him a postcard, which is really cute. (laughs) And then Saeed's like, so just to be clear, you still said there's room for one more. And Saeed wants to bring Naomi back, which is really nice because, and and I wish that there had been like a little like look maybe between him and Dan, just because like Dan had been so adamant about it last episode that they bring Naomi back. And then Miles was like, that's a hunk of meat. That's not Naomi. Like being such a jerk about it. But so Desmond, Saeed, Frank and Naomi head out. I didn't see them strap Naomi in in any way. She's just like sliding around. <laughs> um, so in my mind, I imagine they get up there and she just goes out the window, oh, no. out the door and into the sea in my mind. I know that doesn't happen, but that's what I see in my brain. And that's the island storyline, my friends. Wowzas. Wowzas. It's a good one. Yeah, what do you guys think? Thoughts? Feelings? I like it. It's good and fun. Thank you for my skate crumbs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. I I really like all the like the kind of the moves and counter moves of Locke versus Saeed in this episode. Like it's, mm. it's mostly Saeed's mm-hmm. episode, but it's, it's very like season two Locke and Jack, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Like Jack taking a little more of a backseat. Right. And Jack's just taking a backseat. Yeah, I like that both of them are smart. Both of them get their little, like, victories. Like, Locke kind of mm-hmm. successfully pulls off his trick. And Saeed gets what he wants in the end. But it's like the, the art of diplomacy that everyone mm-hmm. gets something they want. Yeah, it's it's cool how there's, how there's, like, so many, like, diplomacy things. And they continue to, like, make them interesting Mm. which is cool so before we go into the flashback sorry the flash forward i'm going to talk to you guys about patreon real quick so uh patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators our patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados and we accept donations monthly for certain perks so um at one dollar a month you get early access to every single podcast this one comes out a whole week in advance uh two dollars gives you access to our discord server uh five dollars is ten percent off at three different small businesses mine casey's and former co-host Brittany's. so ten percent off on all those places and then the ten dollar level is our patreon only podcast where we talk every two weeks for about 45 minutes um about various things that we feel like talking about alice you're a patreon sponsor 
What do you like about it? I am. I am just a $5 a month sponsor because I don't have a whole lot of money, but I think it's really worth it. That's okay. And we appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate getting the episodes a little bit early sometimes. Sometimes I wait anyway, so I can download them onto my iPod and listen to them when I'm mm-hmm. doing the washing up. But to me, it is definitely worth it just to give a little bit of money towards the people who give me so much entertainment every month. If you think about how many hours you spend, even if you just listen to like one podcast, even if you just listen to this podcast, and none of the other ones you are still getting like a solid couple of hours every month of entertainment which you are paying absolutely nothing for so you know like chip in a couple bucks you know it's less than netflix it's less than amazon prime and all that bunch of other stuff it's less than spotify if you pay for any of those things you have no excuse for not paying for this fantastic point what a testimonial that's right amazing thank you are you guys good to go into the flash forwards i am so ready to knock this summary out of the park you got this you guys casey practiced this time (laughs) this time the bar's high now (laughs) all right casey get going on your summary man good luck there is so much pressure okay okay just want to crack my fingers that's not a thing i do I don't know why I went to do that. Okay. (sighs) Saeed is vacationing on an island where he's starting his morning with a round of golf. He is approached by another guest who bets he can putt closer than Saeed to the next hole, and Saeed takes him up on it. The man asks Saeed what he does for work, and Saeed reveals that he received a large settlement as one of the survivors of the Oceanic 815 crash. The man becomes wary of Saeed, and after winning the bet, tells Saeed to keep his money. Saeed insists on paying him as he addresses the man by name before pulling out a gun and shooting him. Yikes. Whoopsie. We next see Saeed at a cafe in Berlin, where he meets a woman named Elsa. No, not that Elsa. The two (laughs) instantly hit it off and make plans for dinner, but we quickly see that this meet cute may not have been so accidental. After leaving the cafe, Saeed makes a call to someone saying he's made contact before ditching his phone in a trash. Hmm, pretty sus, my guy. Mm -hmm. Next, we see them on their fifth date, and Saeed and Elsa are going to the opera. They talk briefly about Elsa's employer, who she describes as old-fashioned, and she must be on call for him whenever he demands. Elsa asks Saeed why he stayed in Berlin all this time, to which he says that the job he's on is proving more difficult than he initially thought. Later, after getting frisky together, Elsa tells (laughs) Saeed she wishes she knew more about him and his job. Saeed offers to tell her what she wants to know right as Elsa's pager goes off. She says that she has to meet her boss at a hotel, and after revealing the location, Saeed tells Elsa to leave Berlin. Elsa puts the pieces together and discovers that all this time, Saeed has been using her to get to her boss so he can kill him. Elsa, heartbroken and angry, shoots Saeed and makes a call in the bathroom to someone to say he won't reveal the name of who he works for. Saeed shatters a mirror to distract Elsa, then fatally shoots her when she enters the room. Saeed makes his way to a sketchy-looking veterinary clinic, where who else but Ben Linus himself is revealed to be Saeed's boss as he stitches up Saeed and asks about Elsa. Saeed is clearly upset by what he had to do, but Ben assures him that he should not feel sympathy for these people. Ben says he has another name for Saeed and delights in the fact that they will now know he's coming for them. Neat! <sighs> Yay! That was not terrible! It was so good! <laughs> Thank you so much! Great, so Saeed is playing golf, like, by the beach. On Lostpedia, it told me the exact hole of which golf course they shot this at. Oh my god. Which was the 17th hole on the Fazio course at Oahu's Turtle Bay Resort. It is a- th- Ooh, you could go and play a round of golf there. Right! And shoot someone. <laughs> it's <laughs> the 375-yard, p- and it's par four. Golf. Yes, that sure does. Like I'm like, it couldn't have been par- like the seven- 16th hole right? or the 15th hole. Oh, well. Yep. So this Italian dude showed up and he says, hey, you want to ride to the next hole? And he's like, no, I'm literally still playing this hole. <laughs> what are you talking about? 
Also, I have a headcanon that Saeed only knows how to play golf because he learned to play golf on the island with Hurley's golf course. Headcanon accepted. Yes. 100%. So the guy's like, hey, you're the first person I've seen out here. And Saeed's like, my guy, that's the freaking point. <laughs> He's literally like, well, we pay for the privacy. And the guy's like, oh, yeah. I no. cannot take a hint. <laughs> so get the hell out of my face, dude. They pay for the privacy. He deserves to get shot, honestly. Yeah, for sure. He's literally so, He's so rude. rude. He's so rude and annoying. So, so he's like, is this your first time in the Seychelles? And Saeed doesn't answer. So then he's like, you should use a different club. Like, this dude has some kind of nerve. He literally says, uh-uh. Shut up. Just waltzes up to this random guy. Yeah, trying to mansplain golf to him. You deserve to get like, murdered on a golf heck? course. If some man said, uh-uh, to me, I'd be like, excuse me? Dead. Shoot him right then. then there. Saeed, Saeed says, sorry for all the... Ce- <laughs> what, is, what did Locke say? Sorry for all the theatrics. <laughs> Saeed could have shot him right here. Like, Saeed's like, no, I want him to know. And honestly, he would have needed no other reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. Dude, I punched that man in the face. <laughs> if he'd shot him at that point, I would have been like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. What I know about golf is only what's in High School Musical 2, though. So, um... Sure. I don't know if he's using the wrong club or not. On Lostpedia, it said, while playing golf at the Seychelles, Saeed wore a white glove, while Mr. Avellino wore a black glove. Ha uh-huh. ha Symbolism. Light and dark. Also, Mr. Avellino recommends that Saeed use a five iron on the course, the same club Paolo told Desmond to use in constructing his lightning rod. Wow. Every man for himself. So the dude bets 50 Europe. 50 Europe's. <laughs> he somehow owns that many. He bets 50 euros that he'll do better with his club. And so Saeed says, okay, let's make it 100. And the guy's like, oh, great. I love gambling. Good morning. Good morning. It's a long walk to the next storm. You need a ride. Thank you, but no, my ball's right here. You know, you are the first person I've seen out here all morning. I believe we're paying quite the premium for that kind of privacy. Indeed we are. Is this your first time in the Seychelles? Uh-uh. I'd use the five iron. I think I'll stick with the seven. Tell you what, 50 euros says mine goes closer to the pin with the five. Let's make it a hundred. Excelente. Amazing, huh? How we wager makes just about anything more fun. So Saeed gets the ball on the green and it's like a super CGI ball. And the dude asks him what he does for a living and Saeed says nothing. And I'm like, my God, that Ugh. is my dream. Literally. When will that, that be? That is my dream. So he's like, wait, really? How, like, how do you pay for vacations like this? And he's like, oh, I got a lot of money from a settlement. So the guy goes, oh, a corporate merger? And he goes, no, a plane crash. And the guy's face immediately falls, mm-hmm. which is so weird to me because that makes me think that he like he already knows to be scared of this guy like it's just weird he must know something more than he's letting on clearly yeah so he says he's one of the oceanic six so we now know jack hurley saeed we know jack hurley saeed for sure and then you can assume kate although we haven't seen her talk about being part of the oceanic six we're assuming that so ben is not one of them because he does show that's up, right you know at the end of this episode but we're assuming that they have not said that he was on the plane right yeah and this dude is terrified uh and he goes oh haha, cool yeah i remember like reading about that on the news haha. and then he does his shot and it gets closer and Saeed's like okay well you win and, and the guy's like no no don't worry about the bed <laughs> it's all good and Saeed's like no no i'll pay you i mean i have a lot of money and he goes into his golf bag 
and he calls him Mr. Avellino, which, you know, the guy never said his name. So, you know, that he's about, about to get murdered. There's a gun in the bag. He shoots him dead and walks off as the sprinklers come on. Him walking away as the sprinklers are just like parading down on the golf course. It's it's iconic, frankly. Yeah, he's like, anyway, there washes away all the evidence. Bye-bye. It's so crazy to me how Saeed like keeps killing people and then like we don't worry about like <laughs> the police like finding out or like he doesn't worry about. He's just so confident that he's like, yeah, and I won't get taken in for this, you know? I don't know. It's, it's a very obvious, like, out on a golf course in a resort in the middle of the day. Like, presumably he had to book into that hotel and, like, give right. his name and stuff to to get on that golf course in the first place because it's pretty exclusive. Yeah. And everyone's going to know who he is because he's one of the Oceanic Six. So it's, it seems so unlikely that no one in the staff was like, hey, this guy's been murdered and there was only one other guy out on the golf course and it's one of the most <laughs> famous people in the world. Yeah, and the manager's like, man, that guy's already been through a lot. We don't need to bring the police in for that guy. We wouldn't want to make his life harder. Hmm. Maybe they just paid him all off, I guess. But Yeah, right. That's true. Pop's possible. So we're in Germany, and I just want to immediately apologize to any of the German listeners if I mispronounce anything. So we've got long hair, Saeed, so that you know it's in the future. And you also know that since we're in another country, Laspedia is going to pop off with some German bloopers. Mm-hmm. So he goes into like the swanky little cafe and it's really busy. There's nowhere to sit. On Laspedia, it said that the blackboard menu in the restaurant where Saeed meets Elsa has spelling errors. Um, Laspedia has a whole list of them, but it's just a bunch of German words I can't say. So oh, if sure. you care, go and look at it. But I simply, this podcast would not... It would, you wouldn't learn any more information mm-hmm. from me. So it also said in the cafe where Saeed and Elsa met for the first time, there's a picture on the wall showing a beer commercial that says 1516 rain. So there's there's 1516. And the German purity law for beer was declared on 423-1516. Wow. I don't know how in the world, like that has to have been a coincidence, but it is a big one. Yeah. It also says... Uh, the cafe in which Saeed and Elsa meet is called, oh, I'm so sorry. It is German for the wall, which is a reference to the Berlin Wall. Oh, uh-huh. so there you go. So Saeed comes in with his little map and he asks a woman if he can sit with her because it's like the only chair that's available. And he asks if the seat is free in German and she says yes. And then she asks where he's going to and he's like, I actually don't know any more German. <laughs> he also doesn't know sorry about that. much Italian because he asks for like he says espresso with like an X which is so oh my god I clocked that too (laughs) dude I clocked that too I literally wrote not espresso (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) that is so cringe literally two days ago I was having a fight with a co-worker because he said espresso and I was like you should not be drinking it if you can't even pronounce it right and like if I was Elsa I'd be like sir that was an ick and I would stand up and walk out Please, yeah. I don't know. Straight up walk away. Deal breaker right then yeah. and there. I'm like, Saeed, aren't you supposed to be so cultured, though? Yeah. It's... Shouldn't you know that? Oh, it hurts. Maybe he did it deliberately as a conversation starter. Right. I, I still want to make excuses for him. <laughs> because she keeps being, like, she was like, oh my gosh, like, that day that you found me in the cafe, it, like, wasn't a, a mistake. It wasn't a coincidence or whatever. But, like, clearly it wasn't a coincidence for her either. Mm. You know, so that's why it's so confusing is that like she had that seat open for him and he sat with her on purpose. Like they were both trying to get to each other, which is weird. Do you think, do you think she was at that point or? Mm, or was it later? Was it, did he make contact first and then she figured out who he was at some point 
later and then it was kind of i'm i'm trying to work Maybe. out like who was playing who first because it's not wholly yeah. clear to me i guess my thought then would be like in that scene after she's like shot him and everything she seems so stone cold mm. that it makes me think that she was in on it from the beginning she definitely knew out some in point, my mind but i'm like it's, yeah it's possible that it's only after she like met up with him for dinner or whatever she kind of looked into it and was right. like oh yeah this guy we can i can use this like reporting right, it back yeah. to the boss I, whoever he was and i guess i would just be like if i was just like a person with a pager who shops for people i wouldn't be like willing to shoot people and be fine with it you know, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> i mean i'm imagining maybe she's done something similar before i, don't, I assume she was That's like fair. a bodyguard or something like secretly but oh sure yeah and then like the pager thing is her yeah. is her like secret identity thing so like anyone who tries to get close to her she'd automatically investigate and then she's like oh gotcha. well, this dude is not on the up and up um sure so that's not even the job that she does for her economist yeah imagine sitting in a cafe though you know the job that she does is like and just like the most yeah. handsome man you've ever seen in your life just sits down next to you <laughs> She's like, yeah, you can take me for dinner. So he's like, oh, I don't actually know any more German. She laughs and asks again in English. And he's like, oh, I love Europe because everyone speaks English. It's great. And he's like, I also speak different. Like, I, English is my second language also. So I love that about us. And he's looking for Potsdamer Platz. It is a public square and traffic intersection in the center of Berlin. And she's like, well, it's a block away. So you're good. And she introduces herself as Elsa. This came out significantly before Frozen, but Casey as a Frozen stan, what are your thoughts? Um, um, I don't have many thoughts, just that I love Frozen and I love Elsa. Um, yeah. Because she's a big old lesbian and um, has magical powers. I'm like, Would she make a good live action Elsa, do you think? Pretty sure... Oh, no. No, uh -huh. she doesn't have the right energy. Oh, interesting. Ooh. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that Frozen came out after, like, or, like, before I had seen this, because I remember watching this episode and being like, haha, Elsa. But Frozen came out in 2013, and so I must have, like, on my second or third rewatch been like, oh, haha, Elsa, you know? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So the waiter comes over, asks what he wants, and he says an espresso, <laughs> which just makes me want to throw up. <laughs> and so she not creeped out at all for some reason says what are you doing in berlin he says that he's a corporate recruiter but first he says headhunter which is funny um and he's like but not for real <laughs> i don't kill people i don't anything. i don't hunt heads <laughs> that would be silly so she says that she works for an economist something about emerging markets she doesn't actually know what he does but she just like shops for him she has this pager and if it goes off she has to be there immediately and he's only here once or twice a, a year so i mostly chill and just like get a bunch of money all year and i'm like once again i wish that was my job but i like that point alice i hadn't even like considered that 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 straight up isn't <laughs> isn't her job <laughs> yeah i don't like i don't think she she's not just like a personal shopper who just happened to <laughs> right I, i'm assuming well, she was i don't know yeah i, I don't know quite yeah. what the dynamic is but <laughs> yeah and so he's like oh okay yeah that's what just why you're like chilling in this cafe all day if I, if i was else i'd take like offense to that a little bit i'd be like yeah because this is all i do i have hobbies but okay so she thinks he looks familiar and he's like well i'll tell you where you know me from if you let me take you to dinner hey smooth we all know saeed got game oh he has great hair in this episode too if i had to name any of these characters that had the most game it would be saeed 100 sawyer's like down on the list you know oh way way <laughs> way really way is. down saeed's on the top he thinks he has more game than he does yeah exactly so she marks on the map the restaurant that he's taking her to and she's like if you can find it which is cheeky and they're gonna meet at eight which obviously eight um and then on Laspedia, oh boy this is more german words okay on saeed's map elsa circles the intersection of oh boy 
Oh no. Oh, Plankstrasse and Gorgonstrasse? Sure. In the section of Berlin known as Mitt. In this area, the two restaurants most likely to be the site of their first date would be either the Deponie Number no. 3, which serves traditional German fare, or the 12 Apostle Mitt, or like the 12 Apostles, a restaurant specializing in pizza. The background tower visible in the street scenes is the Fern. I'm not even going to try that. It's a tower. Um, and it's usually considered to be the geographic center of Berlin. So it's so cool that like fans, I just love the people of Lostpedia that they were like, oh, where did he- she circle? I can tell you two of the restaurants that could be. I love that. That's so cool. I love that. So busy street, police sirens, lots of, there's lots of German bloopers again, like about this street in general. And I'm not even sure if all of these are even in this scene, but I'm pretty sure. All right. These are a couple that I grabbed. The triangular traffic sign warning about pedestrians crossing the road is typically used on country roads rather than the city. And also the sign is of a different design than German traffic signs. And the text would have been split to two additional signs if it was in Germany. Sure. Also, there are no yellow stripes on sidewalks in Germany. Oh, interesting. There is also several odd store names. This is my favorite. One of them translates to grape harvest carpet. So uh-huh. unless the store owner, this is somebody on Lostpedia who had way too much fun. So unless the store owner goes by the highly unusual name of Weinlace, which is like one of the word, the German words, this appears to be a mistranslation of vintage carpets. Um, there is also a flower shop oh, no. using the awfully generic name Blumenladen, which just means flower shop. <laughs> Although the correct German spelling would be a single word. They do it as two words. This is a common error actually made by many German store owners these days. So grape harvest carpets and flower shop. <laughs> I love that someone clearly just read a wine bottle to try and get the German yeah. word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. A shop scene in the episode Art und Weiss, I'm so sorry again, is indeed real, but it is not located on a street where the Alexander Platz TV tower is as visible as it is in this episode. Okay, shout out to all the Germany stuff. So, <laughs> Saeed calls somebody, and he says he made contact, and he's got a little flip phone, and then he throws the phone away and washes his fingers with snow. So, how many phones do you guys think he has that he just throws away? I mean, he Lots. said he had a lot of money. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> It's so wasteful. Buys burners. No one ever knows what his phone number is. So Saeed shows up at Elsa's to go to the opera and Saeed says it's their fifth date. So this is another good moment where Lost immediately tells you where in the timeline you are in 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 an organic way. There are many shows that would be like, hello, I am so happy to be here with you on our fifth date. Sure. You know, like, it's just, it's really organic the way that they do it. So he comes in, she has him put her necklace on, and she decides not to bring the pager. And if he calls, so be it. And then basically it's like, Saeed says, no, like, I don't want you to be fired because of me. And uh, he says, he'll carry it. And probably Saeed wants to know, like, if the guy's in town and stuff, or if he knows, that, like, if he's on his way or like something. I feel like Saeed doesn't want her to be fired, but also wants that information, I feel like. Yeah. That pager is kind of the whole reason he's there. Yeah. So he's like, also, a pager is like really old. So maybe like tell him to update. This is like 2004. <laughs> like, I don't remember what you get a flip phone. <laughs> Do you think that was. Um, She's like, yeah, he's old fashioned. Is that like a test on her part? Do you think? Right. Yeah. Was she like, I don't even know. Was she deliberately testing him to try and um, see what he'd do? Oh, yeah. Oh. And then like, if he had been like, yeah, don't bring it. Then she would have been like, oh my gosh, he loves me for me yeah. and not my job. Oh, that's sad. It's like, clearly he actually had feelings for her, but like, it's unclear if she ever actually had feelings for him. Mm. If not, she's a very good actor. Like not the actress, but like the character. So I believe it. Yeah. 
So she says, do you have a boss? And he's like, oh, everyone has a boss. And I'm like, okay, don't patronize her. <laughs> so he's like, let's go. So she goes, hey, so um, when we met, you said you'd only be here for like a week. So I was just wondering, like, what are you doing still here? And he's like, oh, I'm still working on my job. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I thought maybe it was like because of me. And they like do like a little smile anyway and like head out. And I'm like, it is. Yeah. You're the job. Yeah. It's yeah. You're the job, babe. You are. Uh, yeah. You are. Yeah. I've watched yeah. enough TV that I think if anyone ever said something like that to me, I'd be like, oh, I'm the job. <laughs> Just automatically. I'm the job. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was not true. Yeah, that is yeah. not a yeah. natural line. That's very suspicious thing to say. Not me being the job again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the job. <laughs> In every relationship in your whole life, they're just like, well, she keeps saying that she's the job and then breaking up with me. Like, I don't know. Just incredibly paranoid in a very specific way. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Like, all right, you guys. So, poist, poist, post-coital. Post-coital in bed. Post-coital. Poist. You're in bed together. Poist-coital. She wants to get dressed. He says, nah, I'm good. And she's like, okay, eventually we have to get out of this bed. And he's like, why? Can I say something potentially um, unpopular? Yes. I'm thrilled and so excited. Saeed's hair in this episode makes me so uncomfy. You don't like the long hair, Saeed? I don't like that it's long and straight. Mm. That is not a man who should have straight hair. (laughs) It's like not a Fabio thing for you. It makes me so uncomfy. <laughs> I think that it's an it is okay to have that opinion. It it you're valid. Like, yeah. Saeed is he one of, if not the most attractive man on this show? Yes, but Desmond has that hair. That is Desmond hair. That's not hair okay. for a man like Saeed. Got it. I I don't think I care that much either oh. way. I do. I like his hair better on the island. Like I definitely prefer it on the island, but I don't think it's like gross. It's just like the hair thing and the espresso thing. Like Casey's like, I'm not into I'm it. I'm not mm. feeling it. Not feeling it at all. <laughs> all right. All right. That's fair. I'm I'm sorry. So she's like, eventually you're going to have to go to that job that you never talk about. And he's like, babe, I'm at that job. (laughs) I'm already at the job and I get to spend it kissing you. So you know what? Not too bad. What a great job. Um, And of course, like she, I think that they specifically like, she's supposed to look like Shannon. Like she's supposed to have the blonde hair and then she gets murdered in the same way as Shannon. You know, like there's definitely a Shannon parallel here. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I don't talk about my job because it's boring. And she's like, okay, but dude, like, I don't know anything about you. Like, I understand not wanting to talk about the crash, but like, what about you now? Like, you confide in each other when you're in love. Oops. So Saeed's like, hey, yo, what? In love? And so then they just like kiss about it. And I'm like, but how many dates has it been now? I want to know. It's five dates. Yeah, (laughs) it's really like if you guys went to the opera, like this is a new scene. So like, how long has it been now? That's what I want to know. You know? Also, you just said you don't know anything about him, which seems like a kind of a barrier for being in love with someone. Yeah, weird time to (laughs) say you love someone. I know nothing about you and I love you so much. Okay, well, okay, to be fair, I have said that many times. Yeah, I'm just like, you can't, I, yeah. (laughs) I think it's so fair. (laughs) I've said that many times about Saeed specifically. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) You torture people and I love you so much for it. Yeah. You know, she's valid. <laughs> so they kiss about it and it hurts because, you know, upon rewatch that she's fully playing him. And he's like, okay, fine. What do you want to know? And then like, ah, saved by the bell because the pager goes off. And Elsa's like, crap. He was like literally about to tell me I was supposed to have another half an hour. And he was about to tell me. And 
However, I feel like he would have lied anyway, you know, like, yeah, he would have like said something else, like maybe given her like some information, like clearly he talks about like the list and everything, but he wasn't, he was never going to say who his like employer oh, yeah. was, you know? Definitely not. Definitely not. Like, I don't think either of them are getting what they were actually supposed to get from each other in this relationship. Yeah. I feel like they're both really trying to push the timeline forward way too quickly because they're both yeah. playing each other. Like, there's no way... Mm-hmm realistically either of them are yeah gonna get the information but they both kind of think they're further along than they are because they're being played like simultaneously yeah right and also like the like amount of confidence to be like i'm in love with you and like that could have backfired so easily like he could have been like oh um well it's kind of soon but like she somehow knew that he was going to like react well to that you know yeah which i think is crazy because i won't even like do anything until you know like i need like four different uh types of reassurance before i do anything i think she is picking up on and leaning into the fact that she can see that he's falling for her genuinely Mm -hmm. and she's gonna use that to her advantage yeah it's sad Saeed's like I need some companionship really bad um people keep dying and she's just like I could pretend to be that and it turns out it was all fake so she's like oh gotta go and she's going to hotel Adlon um so he's like don't go there leave Berlin and run because now that she said where like Saeed's about to like go and kill that guy I guess yeah that's what he was waiting for like he's trying to save her life like I think he's he was going to save her life but he wasn't going to answer her questions truthfully like I said like he was never going to say that Ben was his employer also this dude's fully naked like he like jumps out of the <laughs> jumps out of the bed and puts on his pants he seems to actually care about her and she's like something or he's like something's gonna happen to your employer and he doesn't want her looking like responsible for it. So she's like, wait, what? This is about my boss? Like you meant to meet me in that cafe? And she jumps to that conclusion so fast. Extremely. Like she's just like, what? It was all fake? And it's like, if I was in love with this man, I would like try and figure out a something that was something else that was true just to like spare my own feelings <laughs> before I jump to everything was fake. Yeah. So then she's like, oh, are you gonna kill? him like you do you even know him so he says his name is on a list and she goes oh okay so that makes that now that makes everything make sense now and he's like oh it's my employer's list so she's like who is that employer he won't say so she's like cool so you just kill innocent people because they're on a list and he's like he's not an economist so he i don't know this guy does something else we don't we don't know who it is elsa you have to leave berlin what you can't be here anymore what do you mean People would be asking questions soon about what happened to your employer. And you can't be around to answer them. My employer? This... this is about my boss? Who are you? It has nothing to do with the Cafe? You meant to meet me there? You used me to get to my boss. What did you say? People ask what happened to him? Best you don't know. You're gonna kill him? You're gonna kill him? Do you even know him? His name is on a list. A list? What list? You have a list? my employers and who is that it doesn't matter who he is you just kill people because you're on a list innocent people the man you're working for is not an economist she pulls a gun on him and shoots him and i'm like isn't this your house 
<laughs> Wait, is it? I thought they were at a hotel still. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I thought she was I thought they were at her house. I don't know. Does she actually live in Berlin? Yeah, no, you're right. She must live in Berlin, right? Yeah. And like when he came to get her from like for the opera, like I'm pretty sure that was her house. I think it's just because there was like a bathroom right off the bedroom, so I assumed it mm. was a hotel room. Yeah, I was thinking it was a hotel. Right, but it could be an ensuite. But yeah. I guess that doesn't really make sense. I forget some people do have ensuite bathrooms in their houses. <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, she could live in a hotel with the amount of money she makes or something, I guess. But, like, still, the hotel would be, like, under her name. Right. I guess. But I'm basically just, like, neither of these people, they just kill people and don't worry about the evidence sure. that is, like, so clearly <laughs> pointing to them. Yeah, because, again, Saeed gave her his, like, real name and backstory, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if she necessarily gave him her real name. Right, but even then, like, they're gonna find her body in her house, and, like, people, I assume, know and, like, have seen them out together, you know? Like, they probably have, like, maybe cameras in her apartment building or the hotel of, like, watching them go in there together. Like, you know, it's just... Anyway, we will, um, what's it called? Something, your belief, hold your, hold your disbelief, or like, what's the, what's the phrase? Suspend, suspend disbelief. Suspend or disbelief, that's what we'll do. So she grabs her phone and calls, and she's talking to him in German, but they're giving us subtitles, and that's not usually, not usually how the show does foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they only give us subtitles when someone else who understands that language is in the room, so that makes me think that he must understand some more German now. Oh, ho, ho. maybe he always did. That's the only way I can make it make sense in my brain. Um, So she's like, dude, you were supposed to page at 1030 and not 10. So like this guy paged early. On Lostpedia, it was pointed out the delay between the freighter and the island is 31 minutes. And Elsa was paged by her boss half an hour early. Oh, wow. So she's like, no, he's not dead, but he won't give the name now for sure. Because, uh, you know, now he knows that I'm. <laughs> I kind of just shot him. Using him. Mm. Yeah. So she says that Saeed had no idea that she was working against him. And they basically, they were double agents against each other. So, you know, they're going to need to change their Facebook relation status from it's complicated to like something else, you know, like it's just, it's just <laughs> super compu- complicated. Um, so she's going to bring him to the safe house. He knows that he can't get to no secondary location or else he's dead, you know? <laughs> So he throws something at the mirror and breaks it. She runs back in and he pulls out a gun and shoots her twice, I think. She dies. Saeed cries. Um, on Lostpedia, it said, Elsa, Saeed's target, has several similarities to another woman in his life, Shannon. Um, she is also tall and fair with light blonde hair. And she also dies from a gunshot wound to the abdomen. And both women die shortly after sleeping with Saeed. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Whoa. Big yikes. Saeed's like, I guess I should never sleep with anyone ever yeah. again. It's like if you count Nadia in his kind of original backstory, mm-hmm. that's like the third woman who kind of gets fridged for Saeed mm-hmm. to feel bad about it, which isn't a great like character trope to have hanging around your neck. Well, I mean, luckily, like Nadia at at this point has gotten away. You know, she's like yeah, yeah. We do know she is um, hopefully thriving somewhere, but yes, yeah. yeah. Like she's not actually because I, I think he like he thinks she's probably dead. At the beginning, doesn't he? But um, she's not. But he does, and then they like he has her photo and everything. Right before he comes, yeah, right before he comes, it's re- revealed to him that she's alive. Hmm. But then he tells Rousseau when he meets her that she's dead. So who knows? So, yeah, but I mean, at least Shannon and and Elsa are both like you know killed so that he can feel real bad about it. And I'm like, oh, this is, this isn't great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Um, so she has on a silver bracelet like Naomi's, um, but this was after the Naomi thing. So it is reminding him of Naomi 
not mm-hmm. Naomi reminding him of Elsa. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because that's not what we're used to. Right. And then, like I said earlier, some fans thought that it was the same bracelet as if Saeed took it from Nadia and gave it to Elsa as a present, but the producers said that that wasn't true and would be super weird. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> um, weird. And then he also closes her eyes just like he does for Nadia, or not Nadia, Naomi. Oh, Saeed. All right, last scene, you guys. Saeed meets his employer at like a dog kennel or veterinary clinic or something. These dogs need like some blankets and food in their crates or something. Right? Like who, yes. these dogs are being treated poorly, which made me think it was a kennel. Oh, but now I don't know. Like, it, but they have like an operating room, so like it, maybe it's a vet. Like, unclear. it's like a rescue something. Um, but either way, I don't know. Yeah, these dogs need something else in there. So it's Ben. Which we learn by the end of the scene, and Ben's like, "Take your shirt off." Ooh. <laughs> Why is his voice so deep? Exactly how the fanfic begins. <laughs> Because they have to wait for the reveal before we, so we can see his face. That's all. That right, right. It's for the reveal. But I like, yeah. I'm like, I love how his voice is so deep. And then the second it's revealed it's Ben, he goes back to his normal. It goes back to normal. Ben voice, which is not right. deep. It is extremely high pitched and like squeaky. Yeah. And it's interesting too that like he's sort of like, I don't know if they did anything in post to make it slightly lower. It kind of sounds like they did. But something that Michael Emerson definitely did was like sort of change the like way that he does inflections in his yeah. Yeah. Says ben and stuff too he sort of like erased the ben isms in his voice until that reveal which i thought was really cool and really well done. it's like he knew the cameras were there and he was like i need to make this dramatic <laughs> yeah so they're in like the procedure room of the kennel or the vet or whatever and ben asks if she's dead and he's like yeah but i'm sad and he's like why didn't she kill you and he's like oh she wanted information it's not that she like liked me or something she wanted to know about you and then reveal it's ben womp womp. Bum, 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 bum. and so he's like so now that you know that it's me i can be like really harsh about this um so like are you crying because this procedure hurts or because you fell for her like an idiot wow and then he's like don't cry because they don't deserve our sympathy don't you remember what happened to you last time and so he's like yeah that's how you got me to work for you and like they're clearly like setting up for us to eventually learn what happened and he's like do you want to protect your friends or not i have another name and he goes but they know i'm coming and then he goes good Okay, whatever that means. <laughs> like, dude, I don't think that helps you. I know. I feel like that's bad. Like, I... Anyway, I don't know. On Lostpedia, it said, Many fans speculated that the scene in this episode on the golf course uh, took place after the final scene with Ben and that the man uh, that Saeed killed was, in fact, the next person on the list that they're talking about right now. Um, but that was also debunked by the producers. So oh. who knows? Yeah. Well, that's what I got. Any other, any thoughts, you guys, on the flash forwards before we move on to segments? Um, The one thing I really, I did make a note of is that the kind of final reveal scene is very person of interest. Like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's Mm -hmm. something that got, like, Michael Emerson potentially cast in that later. Because, like, the, um, I haven't seen a whole lot of the show, but, like, that's very, like, Mm -hmm. the dynamic of him as the kind of man in the shadows, like, giving out names and then having, like, a kind of gun-toting enforcer kind of out in the field um obeying his order it's all very it's very person of interest and i like it actually as a dynamic it's kind of fun that makes sense yeah yeah. i have more spoiler thoughts on it but yeah all right shall we go into our segments you guys let's do it so our first segment is our favorite line award my favorite line award goes to miles and hurley for where the hell did they go tubby oh awesome the ship sent us another sawyer (laughs) this line is like so ingrained in my memory i always remember this moment and i love it it's a good moment and then i wanted to give a honorable mention to saeed miles and kate for you don't seem particularly affected by her death sure i'm affected she was hot and i dug her accent nice (laughs) (laughs) miles's thing is funny but 
my favorite part of this line is Kate going, nice. nice. <laughs> Love it. Right. And my favorite line award goes to Kate and Sawyer for... How long do you think we can play house? Why don't we find out? Oh, it's romance! <laughs> oh my god, the pining. You guys, that's freaking gorgeous. The pining. The writing, that's good. And the way Josh delivers his lines in that scene is so painful in the best way. Literally. I don't know how they how Kate doesn't just drop everything and run to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite line award is uh, Lapidus saying, you cheated, and Saeed replying, did I? You cheated, did I? <laughs> it's just a very cool line. So he's like, we didn't make any deals about yeah. the rules. Yeah, so good. So going into our other segments, we have Man of Science, Man of Faith. And this episode's main character is Saeed. So what do you guys think the man of, uh, Saeed is a man of science or a man of faith this episode? He hmm. is a man of mystery. His mystery. own beat. Hmm. Drum I'm- beat. Beat of his own drum. Is it leaning towards science because I feel Me like too. he's mostly like gathering more information in this episode. Mm-hmm. I still don't think he's necessarily made up his mind by the end. Yeah, I would agree. I was I was leaning science as well. Yeah, he's very tactical. Mm. Mm-hmm. Next segment is Hurley's Walkman. There are is one song and then there is a reference to um, another artist. So if you stayed over this song by British musician. Oh, God, please. Someone tell me is this it is a British musician, Alice. I don't I don't know British musicians. <laughs> this is like John Williams. Is it Bonobo or Bonobo? <laughs> I don't know. Bonobo, I mean, Bonobo, Bonobo. You've written Bonobo here, which is a kind of chimpanzee, I think. So I'm guessing yeah. it's Bonobo. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, that song is playing in Elsa's room while she and Saeed are in bed. Um, and then Saeed uh, references Strauss um, in when they're going to leave for the opera. So this could either be a reference to Richard Strauss um, or Johann Strauss Jr. They are both composers. They are both composers who have penned many operas that remain popular in Germany. So could be either of those people. Okay, bro, I fully thought there was only one Strauss until this exact moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I had zero Strauss thoughts before now. So at least you knew there was a Strauss, you know? And then we have Sawyer's Book Corner. Um, all we have for that is that uh, the Quran um, is on the bookshelf in front of Ben's uh, hidden room. So there you go. Uh, did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode. Not technically, but they did say an economist twice. So uh, here's that. And what do you do? My employer is an economist. The man you're working for is not an economist. All right. Brand new segment, you guys. <laughs> Whoa. How much do yes. we like Jack this episode? I feel like we do it in like out of 10, I feel like maybe. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a good scale. Okay. okay. How much do we like Jack this episode? I. For me? Mm-hmm. I, I want to give him a solid... <sighs> 6.5 out of 10. Okay. 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 What about you, Alice? I'm I'm at a I'm at a solid 6. I'm I'm usually a Jack hater. Like I deeply dislike Jack for the majority of the season. So a 6 is pretty high. That's pretty for high. Me. He's very he's very likable in this episode. I'll give him a 6. Well, I'm glad that both of you guys went first because um I was going to say like 8. Oh. <laughs> um so I'm going to split the difference and go 7. Okay, great. You're allowed okay. to like Jack more. It's fine. I'm just I'm I'm pretty down on Jack anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I like his little baseball thing, and I like that he makes little jokes, too. It's good, Jack. It's true. I mean, it's like comparatively, you know? I think he's just going to make up a lot of ground with me to begin with. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He starts in a deficit. Yeah. Uh, how many episodes since the last knockout? It has been 
four episodes since the last knockout because I don't think anybody was knocked out this episode. So they must be turning over a new leaf. Um, I'm pretty sure this is our record. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm pretty sure that we've only like gotten two four. So if there's not one next episode, then like brand new record. Whoa. For sure. Uh, does this episode pass the Bechtel test? I don't think so. No. Have- this episode Ooh. said, what's a woman? Elsa doesn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Kate, Charlotte, Claire has like one line. Yeah, I don't think so. One line, yeah. And it's about Aaron. <laughs> Two luck. Yeah, right. Exactly. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. We really would. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. And thank yous to whoever cooperated in the same place as us during this podcast. For me, that was my dog and my aunt who's upstairs. Um, Shout out. That was my parents. It was right. my neighbor upstairs who I think is asleep. So good for her. Perfect. Nice. <laughs> uh, if you are so inclined, please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. We would really appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We are uh, did four to seven, seasons four to seven as they were airing. And then we're going back doing the good old days. We've already done um, season three and now we are doing season two. Oh. Uh, if you're a fan. I appreciate that show. It is a great time. I am loving the season two recap. Yes, it is so much fun. I'm so excited to see how many episodes we've put out uh, by the time that this one comes out. (laughs) Can't wait to get to Spacewalker. I'm thrilled. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) If you're a fan of Riverdale as well, uh, we did seasons, the whole first six seasons. We have an episode for every single episode of Riverdale and uh, the seventh season starts sometime this year in 2023. Um, whether that may be out or not by the time that this comes out. I do not know, but um, catch up. You don't have to watch Riverdale to listen to it. You really don't. That's how I started, mm-hmm. just listening. Then unfortunately, I got roped into watching it. I can't mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alice has the same name as one of the characters. So. Yes, I love this for me. This is why it's true. I, I can definitely recommend watching an episode of Riverdale, starting from the beginning, watching an episode, then listening to the appropriate episode of The Aficionados, and then watch, which is how I watched the first like five seasons of Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it truly is spoiler-free because we were uh, we were recording as we watched. Yes, it's, it's great. You get twice as much content. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we have done seasons one to three, and we did our first reactions to the first uh, to the volumes in season four. Um, and we are going to be covering um, season four in 2023. Uh, I would think that at least one episode would be out by the time that oh. this uh, this one comes out. So go and check out our at least first episode of season I can't four. wait for Stranger Things to come back. The uh, the podcast. The show too, but I'm really excited about the podcast. That one that one's a little closer. Yeah. Closer to, to coming to fruition. Yeah. You can follow at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. Mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. True. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash the aficionados. Um if you like what we do here, please consider donating. Um because it is expensive to keep this going. And that is all the money that we make off it is that Patreon. And that's it. So We'd really appreciate it um, because you listen to it for free, but it's not free to make and it takes up a lot of my time. And I do it because I love it, but it's always nice to be appreciated. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV, which is C-A-S-E-Y-S-W-A-T-C-H-E. Nope, you did the same thing again. TV, I do this every time. Yeah. Watches TV. <laughs> C-A-S-E-Y-S. Did I do that again? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even know. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even know. Oh my god. 
what have you done to me? You pluralized yourself. <laughs> oh my god. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. yeah, it's true. When you hear it that many times, that makes How many of them are there? I should I should just remake my handle Casey's Watches TV. Yeah. Casey's um, Watches TV. You can Who follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV. C-A-S-E-Y. Stop there. W-A-T-C-H-E-S-T-V. Oh my god, I didn't even know. Yeah. There you go. I know, I said something and then you were, then you, and you didn't hear it, so I was like... No, I just kept going. Is she going to leave it? Okay. And I spell out yeah. Watches TV every time, just in case someone can't spell Watches TV. Oh, I didn't... Respect. Oh my god. Oh my god. And thank you to Alice for joining us! Yay! Thank you for having me. tumbled over. <laughs> Microphone got so excited. <laughs> Thanks for coming. We really appreciated your insight. And your accent. This is like the point to admit that, um, oh, thank you. I, when you asked me what episode I wanted to do, I was halfway through a Lost Rewatch and you were like, oh, do you want to do The Economist? Because it's like a Saeed heavy episode. And at that point, I was only about halfway through season three and I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do The Economist. No idea what the episode was at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew I definitely wanted to give you a Saeed episode for sure. <laughs> I got to it in my watch. I was like, God, I hope I have anything to say about this. <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. Thank you. So next episode is going to be episode 404. Um it is called Egg Town. Um and an episode including lawyers um needs a guest who is a lawyer. So our guest is going to be Dave. Woohoo! Yay! Mm. Looking forward to it. Me and Alice and Dave frequently play D&D together. So good time. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. I'll like you as a friend. Bye. This <laughs> <laughs> is like I have my limits. Welcome to spoilers. The only thing that I grabbed off Lostpedia as like a full episode thing was that this is the last episode in which Desmond is on the island until season six. That is wild. Oh my God. In season six, the package, <laughs> he gets onto the freighter and he does not get back onto the wow. island until season six when he is brought there. I kind of love this for him. He's like, I don't want to be on this island. And he really sticks to it. Yeah. He's like, I'm out of here. Like everyone else spends a lot of time being like, oh, we have to go back. Or do we yeah. have to go back? The island is drawing us back and Desmond's just out living his best life. Yeah. Okay. Let's go into some spoilers for the island storyline. Let's see. What do I got for the first scene? Oh, Saeed calls Jack a candidate. I had that. Does he? When yes. does he say that? I totally missed that. He says that he's like not a candidate for being part of the plant or like something like that, but he calls him a candidate. He says you're not the best candidate for this kind of mission. Ooh. That's it. I'm like, mm. The word. Yep. Uh, Locke is confused that the cabin isn't there. And I'm pretty sure that like the, like I think in Cabin Fever later this season, Locke gets like a vision of Horace building the cabin because Horace is the one who built the cabin. So maybe it's like suddenly not built yet. And then Horace is going to like rebuild it or something. That's the only way that I can make it make sense that the cabin isn't here. But the, uh, but the line of ash is. Oh, uh. Huh. So that's all I got for that. I don't know. It's a magic island. It's it's a magic cabin for sure, right? Yes. Super magic cabin. Hurley says that Miles is another Sawyer. And that's why they're such adorable little buddy cops. That's one of my favorite things about this Flash Sideways mm. is Sawyer and Miles' buddy cop story. I love it. Truly. would watch an entire show of just that. Yeah, I want a real. whole spin-off. 100%. Like, I want a procedural that's just Sawyer and Miles' cops. 
Like a cab, but also I want that so bad. Sure. The timers that Dan looks at, um, one is two forty five and the other is three sixteen. Three sixteen is a really important number, especially in season five. Three sixteen is the number of the Ajira flight that they come back on. Yeah. So that 316 ends up being important. And 316 is the name of the episode where they come back. Saeed goes into that like creepy, weird bookcase back room. Um, and in season six, this is where Charles Woodmore dies. Ben uh, oh, yeah. kills Charles Woodmore in this room. And then, oh yeah, the I'm a Pisces line that he says, and I think season five, he's probably used to that because his fake persona is a Pisces. <laughs> Do you think all of them are Pisces? I literally, guys, when I saw that, when I saw that on the passport, I gasped. Like, that is, I, you're a smart guy, Ben, but mm-hmm. but not right then. Yeah, yeah. Desmond asks Dan and Frank if they have heard of Penny, um, and they look a little shady about it because the boat was hired by Charles Woodmore, and I think they know that Charles Woodmore owns the boat, and they're just not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that Penny is fully Dan's half-sister. Oh, yeah. I was trying to remember at this point, like, I mean, Dan has met Desmond in the, you know, his past Desmond's future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But did he mention, does he mention Penny at all to him in those scenes? I don't know. I don't because know Penny, like, does. I mean, I don't think Desmond, because Desmond doesn't know that Charles Woodmore is his dad. No, so, and right. he doesn't have any reason to, I'm just trying to remember if, like, if Dan actually does know who Penny is because, like, Desmond has already told him about her. Oh, I see, <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I don't know if he actually does, so. I can't remember. He just never comes yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else? Okay, that's what I got for the island storyline. Anything else for the island, you guys? I have one more thing. Which is in regards okay. to the swing set. Uh-huh. It just made me think of Charlotte and yeah. um, Faraday. And yeah. yeah, that's it. That is like such a good scene. Like that reveal is so crazy. It's pretty Love nuts. It. The flash forward, Mr. Avellino. This is the man whose family um, hires Alana to capture Saeed. Um, oh. Alana being the one who like brings him back on Ajira, on Ajira Flight 316. Cool. His family is the one that hired Alana. And also, yeah, this dude is like terrified as soon as he hears about the plane crash. So he must have something to do with Widmore because I would assume that that's why Ben wants him dead. Like that's why he's on the list is because he's like somebody has something to do with Widmore. Yeah. And so that guy must know that Widmore has something to do with like the plane crash thing. So like I assume that he put it together that way and that's what actually happened. Yeah. The only thing that confuses me is like if uh, just like how does he not recognize Saeed right like he's like I mean even Elsa I mean I mean Elsa is a secret agent so she's just like I recognize you because you're my hit but um like he's been on the news and stuff yeah like dude's a celebrity and yeah. mm-hmm, like especially in this other guy's circle he was like a very specific celebrity yeah I don't know Right, like, he should know that. Do we ever find out... This is another thing that, like, it may just be me kind of forgetting the details, but, like, do we ever get a really good explanation for how Ben does convince Saeed to assassinate a bunch of people just kind of on his say-so? Yeah. Because there's a lot of... That is such a good question. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, stuff in this episode about, you know, obviously, deliberately, um, you know, the day I trust that man is the day I've sold my soul kind of thing, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's supposed to be ironic because in the future he obviously does trust him to an extent yeah. but I, I don't I, um, I still kind of buy it somehow that Saeed would mm-hmm. do this for Ben I so I had to look it up because I also couldn't remember like in the last honestly me neither so I'm glad that you looked it up yeah the last scene where Saeed is like that's how you got me to do this or whatever yeah. 
Because Nadia's yeah. killed, right? Like she's Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Na- I mean she's Oh right, right, yes. Fridged for real this time. Nadia's killed and Ben yeah. gives Saeed right. the name of the guy who killed her. Yeah. But that just seems so Right. For someone who's so untrusting of Ben, and rightly so, because he is obviously a master manipulator, liar, yeah. and everything. It just seems it seems weirdly credulous of Saeed to be like oh the woman I love was killed and then here comes Ben Linus a person who's incredibly untrustworthy to say oh and I've got the person who killed her and also you've got to kill these other people for me and he just oh, kind that's of buys so the whole thing I don't know it, just, it seems very a little out of character for him to I feel like I needed more than just that yeah that is totally a fair assessment it's like he's like blinded by rage you know yeah. I mean my but yeah you're totally right it's, it is out of character it seems like something that he would ask more information question like the immediate assumption i would have is like oh well obviously ben has had her killed in order to manipulate me into doing what he wants like that seems like the obvious explanation right yeah yeah wow now i can't really remember i feel like it makes a good mystery in this episode because there is the Mm -hmm. kind of deliberate juxtaposition between him really not trusting ben and saying he never will and then flash forward to when he really does but i don't i don't know if they ever do enough really to kind of get me there in between those two points in saeed's character right like i would believe it if like Ben also cared about Nadia and then they were like bonding over the fact that they both lost this woman that they both cared about Mm -hmm. or like whatever. I think that the thing is that like Ben obviously hates Charles Widmore and so is it like I can't remember if the guy that Ben gave the name of was like a worker of Widmore because then Ben could be like we're working towards the same goal which is to destroy sure. Widmore. Mm. That's because because he's killing all these people who are like associates of Widmore. So like, I feel like if that's not made clear, that is the assumption that I would make. Right. Yeah, but it, it's also, he frames it as like to protect your friends. And there's, I don't really right. think there's anything to suggest that his friends are actually in any danger of being mm-hmm. killed by any of these people. Like he's hunting them down, yeah. but I don't think there's any, like there's nothing happening in the other direction, right? Like, my, right. my understanding is that that is, at the least a manipulation on Ben's part like he just wants these people dead yeah I would say that that's a fair assessment yeah there are some holes yeah Yeah. and you guys honestly that's all I got for the flash uh for the flash forwards uh do you guys have anything else Mm, no just about Mr. Avellino that's all I got nothing about Elsa never hear about her again (laughs) so I've just got a little note that's like Nadia gets fridged twice (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) yep yeah all right perfect well once again Alice thanks for joining us Yay! Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm assuming all your future episodes are taken up now. Have you like got every episode claimed to the end of the series now? No, no. Um, I think I still maybe have like two episodes in season five, and I have quite a few episodes left in season six. Honestly, yay! Um, Ever looking for anyone? I'm always up for an episode. Sounds good. Yeah, I have two available in season five, including three sixteen, which Casey originally took, but then became a <laughs> became a co-host. Cool. So yeah, I can send you the ones that are still available if you like. I would love that. Yes. Okay, sounds good. Um, great. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, Casey at Casey Watches TV, Alice at Star in the Title, right? Yep, that's right. Okay, on Twitter, um, at the Aficionados. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash the Um, we'd really appreciate your help if you have the means to do so and if you want to. I'd really love that. Um, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. We've only been on five dates, so I still just like you as a friend. Bye. <laughs> I'm not in love with you. Bye. (laughs) Thought you might be thirsty. I'm thirsty.